And where exactly do you live, Mr. Dawson? Well, right now my address is the RMS Titanic. After that, I'm on God's good humor. Just the other night I was sleeping under a bridge, and now here I am on the grandest ship in the world having champagne with you fine people. I'll take some of that. You learn to take life as it comes at you, to make each day count. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. I'm Georgia. And I'm Debbie. Hey, Hey. Debbie's here for episode 63 on Titanic. And I thought it would only, last time I saw this, I was at Debbie's house. So I thought it was only fitting that uh, the the invitation get extended on as this is on the Tuesday. We record on the Sunday. We release on the Tuesday. And the Monday will be the 109th anniversary of the sinking of Titanic. Yeah. Whoo. Incredible, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, uh. Both seems of our time and not of our time, mm-hmm. simultaneously. So, um, I tell you what, I've never felt more jarring with like a welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> during like the music. Because I'm like, I just kind of want to just let Listen, it yeah. let it be. <laughs> let it sink in. Sink in. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that in mind, um, thank you everybody out there for listening to this today. Whether it's your first episode or your, Liam, do you know which one it is? We haven't played this game in a long time. Ooh, um, it can't be 13 yeah. anymore. You literally just I know. announced I know. Oh, it. Oh, 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 63. 63 is correct. <laughs> he had no idea until George just went. He just said Ruined it, ruined it. Uh, but we have some big thank yous to do because on Friday, we had the best day in the history of the podcast ever. Wow. By like a mile. Did we? We did. Cool. We did. It wasn't because of Zack Snyder's Justice League. It wasn't because of fighting with my family. They both did very well. Oh, okay. But it was just overall, people just found the podcast. So more people have downloaded other episodes. Yeah, it was the single best day for downloads. And it wasn't even close. It took our old record and like beat it by like 40%. <laughs> yeah so thank you guys thank you yeah. Yeah. and as a result it's been our best week ever so oh, a, a massive cool. thank you to everybody out yeah. there for um you know latching your your little dinghy boat if you will not lifeboat <laughs> but <laughs> so hopefully boat. this isn't our first voyage so we're okay no, we're okay yeah, we're <laughs> uh some quick things on the charts uh really quickly we hit this week in great britain cool. uh where we were top 50 that was quite nice uh canada australia denmark and number 25 in switzerland they love Wonderful. us, the Swiss. Don't they? they do like us, yeah. the Swiss. They're usually quite, quite neutral, I hear. But, <laughs> I uh, like their cheese and their chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, who doesn't? Chocolate. There we go. Um, so, uh, just a couple things before we get started. Uh, one more reminder we have uh, next week, we are recording our uh, real roundtable on the best picture winners. Yes, we are. That's a reminder to you, Liam. Do yeah. <laughs> start thinking about your list. <laughs> uh, I already have Debbie's list. She's already Debbie. ready for, for the for the for the, for the audience there's picks. Always yeah. one. There's always Done one. Tell you, yeah. tell you what, a, a lot of people have got their votes on this one. So if you're out there, you still have about five more days to get your in. So please make sure you either find the tweet and respond to it, but make sure whatever you do, you put the hashtag BFE top five because yeah. I'm not trolling the internet for <laughs> for people's picks. So one to five, let me know the order and just go ahead and throw them up there, and then I'll think I'm about still it. Still waiting to see how many additional films I can watch in the next five days. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Judy last night. It was good. Mm. It was good. I had a, I had a now TV, um, um, seven day trial. Yep. And then I said, I want to quit. And they went, how about we take half off for six months? And I went, yeah, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> they went fishing for you, didn't they? And in, and, in, and in six months, I plan on saying I'm going to quit again and see if they'll give me the same deal. That's funny. I tell you what, 
I'm really quite happy with the value for money on that. It's like, yeah, it's, like yeah. it's like six quid, five quid, six quid. It's like newer stuff. So I was well up for that. Brilliant. Uh, so uh, some reflections and corrections. Uh, here, I'll start off with this one for me first. There's a mistake. I think I'm uh, we spoke last week about Bill DeMott, who was a trainer who I said was fired by WWE for uh, some some issues. He quit. Oh, he quit. Uh, a direct line from the Washington Post. Direct quote. Um, resigns amid allegations of racist, homophobic, and abusive behavior. Oh, so he quit. I just want to be. Yeah, I just yeah, want to be one hundred percent factual in that. Uh, and I recommend you actually go ahead and give well, the read. Right now, oh, I've got more stuff there from <laughs> the opening for the Titanic. But there is just some stuff there about. If you want to learn more about the uh, story, there, uh, the Washington Post did a great job on it, and uh, it's available. So go ahead and give it a look. Cool. Just some thoughts about uh, last week's episode, the fighting with my family. Julene uh, and and also our friends from my so-called pop culture life uh, said that they cried as well at the story. Oh, so if any of you guys were crying for fighting with my family, I am the... Join the club. Join the club. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, Liam, I think was on that path. I'm not sure. if I think oh, Georgia well. said she was on that path the first time she watched it. Yeah. And Ellie was crying because we made her watch something to do with wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a side note, Julene had Vicky Guerrero, she said to me, in her car once when she was a Lyft driver, that's similar to Uber, I think. Oh, Lyft. okay. Wow. So she had the wife of Eddie Guerrero, yeah, who would yeah. then go on to be a bit of a character on TV herself. So that was quite cool, and, sh- and shared the picture, which I thought was really cool. Oh, uh, Lestat, thanks a lot for making fun of me over the beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says the sediment's supposed to be left at the bottom, Liam. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> As opposed to now, make sure you shake that up so it's not in there anymore. <laughs> so I do have a second bottle of Baker's Batch ready for a trial in a little bit, With and I have a towel just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready for both outcomes. I tell you, you got to listen to the end of, of, of an episode because you never know what's coming. You never know. So I will say this. I have the greatest context story we may ever have had coming in this in this episode. Really? I Ooh. could not believe it and instantly had to triple check it to make sure it was legit. It is. Oh, cool. Everybody but, make a note so you remember for the besties and the rest of I'm saying this is, this is, <laughs> I think this is better than when we found out that uh, Don Amici, everybody thought he was dead and that's why yeah. he wasn't getting any work. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is better than that. So oh, cool. there we go. Um, Dwayne Smith. Uh, sorry, friend of the podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. There we go. Uh, said that he watched um, Finding My Family, expecting The Rock, and hoping it wasn't too wrestling heavy. One of those delivered. The trailer was very misleading. Great podcast episode, guys. Very funny. Like the film. I had a similar opinion to Ellie overall. Hashtag Liam's laugh. Hashtag Kings Lynn. <laughs> loves my love. So let's roll on to the shout outs. Uh, your next uh, your next favorite movie, which is a podcast for all the love they give us. Julene, who calls us the best pod ever. There's more Aww. about that coming up. Griff from Paul and Griff, who continues to um, do like little like write-ups for our pod and, and share it. Yep, yep. And he does a better job than I do. Uh, and he still needs to give me an address so I can give him a sticker. Because it was uh, sticker yes, worthy. Yes, yes. it was. Uh, he referred to it as a comedy about a family that fights a little differently by a podcast who bicker sometimes a little differently. We do. That's you guys. That's not me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The Film Effect podcast for all the love. Film floggers as Ben, I think his name's Ben, continues to throw Fiona under the bus. Remember when he threw Fiona yeah. under the bus? And he continues yep. to do that. Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Hermes from the Scuttlebutt podcast for all the love. Uh, he had took issue, but I didn't know who Michael Shannon was. I don't know who Michael Shannon is. Oh, he's the guy who was in... He was in Knives Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, every other movie he's done, I haven't seen. Uh, oh, okay. Although we gave us some nice feedback on Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and on Zack Snyder's Justice League said, we found ourselves, as usual, agreeing heavily with the guys on this one. Ian kept hitting it right on the head. Well done, boys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Bradley, who called us pretty great and deserving of a listen. 
Pretty great. Yeah. Take that. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, Dan Mackelt said, they have something special going on, and that we're a must-listen. Got something special going on. It's going on. It's something special. <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical pod for all the love. Effing nerds for all the pod love. Uh, Carlo, who said, tag a few podcasters that inspire you, and he put us down. Because oh. he says, the following we've achieved in a year is impressive, and we're just thankful that people are engaging oh, with us. Yeah. That's all it is. And like I said, I always thought that would only be three people. Yes, there is. We're impressed, too. We, we are, are impressed, too. Thank impressed. you. Thank you. Um, Julian also tagged us in that thing about people who inspire you. Uh, the Age oh. Narrative for All the Love. The Pop Culture Hootenanny for All the Love. What a great name for a podcast. Yeah. The Pop Culture Hootenanny. Uh, Chan- Chance Widmore for All the Love. Uh, the Eddie McCabe. The Eddie McCabe. Not just Eddie McCabe. The Eddie McCabe. New <laughs> listener who I did my usual like, hey, give us a try. We're pretty good. Da, 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 da. He said, I'm going to the gym. I'll try it out. And then like within like 20 minutes, he was tweeting saying, give these guys a listen and then and tagged us in it. So yeah. Oh, so thanks, the cool. Eddie McCabe. Uh, the Film Effect Podcast, they can't wait for the episode. Uh, they call it tomorrow night. I guess they're North American, so it drops them on Monday night. So they yeah, can't yeah. wait for the Titanic episode. And then finally, the following review came in on Apple Podcasts. Go for it. This podcast, uncontested best podcast out there. The host, Ian, is awesome because he basically embodies the spirit of the geek. He is awesome. <laughs> he works he works in references to all my favorite shows in every single episode all the hosts have great chemistry they give it in, they give an interesting insightful critique they have several categories which they base their praise and criticisms i subscribed and turned on the notifications i seriously cannot get enough bfe content keep up the great work guys best podcast ever of all time or something oh. like that yeah and that's from julian so thanks what a lot what julian that's you. very kind yeah okay, thank you i i I hope we live up to that kind of a that yeah. kind of praise, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Titanic, shall we? So, who let's has seen this? I think we've all seen it. Yes, I, mm-hmm. yes. Do you want the first? I watched it for the first time. Sat at Debbie's house. I remember um, that because I was there, and you guys were crying yeah. your eyes that was out. The first time I'd ever seen it. I felt like doing that line from Joker where I went. I thought it was a tragedy. Turns out it's calm. No, I'm not. <laughs> but, but no. So you guys were crying. So that was the first time you had seen it. Yeah. Okay. Debbie, now, on the other side of this, it wasn't the first time you'd seen it, surely? No, no. I don't think I saw it in cinemas, but I definitely had the video, and I remember watching it at a sleepover birthday party with all my teenage girly friends, and we were throwing popcorn <sighs> at Leo. <laughs> this is where we played the game. How old were you when this came out? Uh, I'd have been about 18. I'd have been 18. Yeah. Four. 98. I was 18, yeah. So, wait, you said Four. Yes. Four. Okay. Ho- hopefully, you weren't watching it then. Yeah. Yeah, George. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to feel bad about myself. <laughs> so, Debbie, you would have been what, like, like twelve 13, or 13? thirteen? Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, well, I, I do, but but Ellie, being at four, I want to know when did you first see this? I can't remember. Great story for a podcast. Liam, <laughs> <laughs> you remember the first time you saw it? I do remember the okay. first time I saw it. I was um, I was working at McDonald's at the time, and I kept saying to people. I really want to go see Titanic because I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to Titanic. And they're like, great. I said barbecue sauce with the nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) And this film went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. It got to about week 13 and everyone had either seen it or didn't want to see it. And I was like, well, that's it. I'm going. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. So I went and see it on my own. Sat there, blubbing my eyes out, realized that there's couples everywhere. And I'm like, what's going on here? It was only Valentine's Day. Oh, was it really? And I was there on my own. Just <laughs> <laughs> to see Titanic. Strange Valentine's Day, doesn't it? I had no Ooh. idea. Maybe, what day it, maybe it was. it's a good breakup film. Let's go watch this, and then you're already you can't cry anymore. Or you break up, and you go, "Yeah, she's crying." Yeah, it's it's it's, it's Titanic. Really sad movie, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? It really was. Oh, uh, I went and saw this. 
of all things with my mom and my sister at this um we went to orangeville ontario canada yeah um and um it had like this little like two screen cinema in the middle of town that they've since it's now something else but then they have built like a new multiplex somewhere else but so it was this little dodgy kind of cinema and we went and saw it and it was well into its run well well into its run yes yeah, and i remember thinking three and a half hours it was gonna be a long movie and uh, really being quite, it was like a crisp night when we came out. It was the middle of probably, it was like December or January or something like that when we finally went around to see it. Just walking out going, mm, uh, it was kind of an impact. I, I don't know if I was trying to be like a, like a man and not cry. I didn't, but I don't know if I was supposed to be like tough and not let it get to me. You know, mis- mis- misguided adolescent mm-hmm. notions of masculinity and all that stuff. But yeah, it was kind of a, a thing. But I, I had a bit of a hate on for this movie initially. Before I went and saw it. See, I thought I was going to, because obviously I know the history of it and everything else. And I thought, are they going to stick to it? Are they not? Am I going to hate it? But I actually came out loving it. Because you're a big Titanic sort of buff. Yeah, because I studied at at school. Yeah. And you know how some kids take it on board and on board. On board. (laughs) And some don't. I was one of these ones that, you know, because they were only just discovering it. I think when I was learning about it in the late eighties, we've been like finding it, discovering it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause I'd been trying to look for it for a while. Okay. And, uh, I think, yeah. And Debbie, I think you're a bit of a, you've, you've got, you've got some, you've got more than I do about this. I know that much. Yeah. My granddad gave me a book about it when I was younger. So I read a lot about it then. And when the film came out, um, I then just got quite a bit geeky on it, played the music a lot in orchestras. Cause obviously it was, and you had to play it because it's just so good. And then mm-hmm. um, when I got asked to do the podcast, I was like, oh, there is a documentary that I put on my Disney Plus wish list as soon as I got Disney Plus on Discovery Channel. And it's all um, James Cameron and what he's done since making the film. So Cause he's really geek about it, isn't he? Yeah. He's done 20 dives since the film. Yeah. Yeah. Wreck. yeah so yeah. he's it's amazing what he's been able to do, obviously, with his, the money he's got and the research he's been able to do into it. It's just phenomenal. I think that's why I liked it because when you watch the movie, you're seeing real footage of the Titanic. Mm. Yep. It's yeah. not made up. It is real. And he's gone down there and done this. Well, a bit where it's on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. 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 Not the, yeah. 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 I thought maybe they had, they had that, like, a cool little, like, like jet spray gun that, like, cleaned the picture and they just did a little bit. <laughs> All right. We could use it. <laughs> oh, let's, let's dive in, shall yeah. we? Oh. Um, and so, uh, let's do a little bit of context corner here. Uh, directed by James Cameron, yeah. who, of course, Canada's own James Cameron. James who, Cameron! <laughs> who had done Terminator 2. Uh, has since done Avatar and Total Recall. So there's like a quite the breadth. Did he do The Abyss? Yes. Oh, great movie. I can understand now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cinematography by Russell Carpenter. And the cinematography in this film is strong. Mm-hmm. Very, very strong. Okay. Uh, listen to this. Here's the three I chose for this one. Go he on. did The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Piers Brosnan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, that. Yeah. Ant-Man. Right. And The Ugly Truth. Oh, wow. That is some very different films. Yes. Very varied, yeah. Music by James Horner. James Horner is great. And, you know, we do give Hans Zimmer a lot of love. We give John Williams a lot of love. James Horner's right up there with them. He so is. Uh, Braveheart. So, of course, we've done, we've we've already done, uh, this is at least his third film we've done. Because Braveheart, Apollo 13. And he also did a beautiful mind. Yeah. So, like. He brings a lot of emotion with his. Yep. You know, I, f- his music. I found a rumor that originally James Cameron wanted the, the, the pop recording artist Enya to do the score. 
Oh, yeah. I can I can understand that. That sort of haunting yeah, yeah. sound that she yeah, does. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Fade you know, away. Who can save water around <laughs> only time? Haven't opened the beer yet. <laughs> um, before announcing development of the film, uh, James Cameron boarded the Russian research ship Keldish that was going off the coast of Nova Scotia, Canada, under the pretense of shooting footage of icebergs for a film called planet ice in reality he was making dives to real titanic but all this was done in extreme secrecy with only a few studio execs and the crew members of the ship being aware of the mission cameron went on to 12 dives to the real titanic himself before like part of the filming process Mm -hmm. and found it an overwhelming emotional experience to actually see the sunken ship but the camera they had only had 12 minutes worth of film so you're going down there and And you can get 12 minutes yeah now you don't have to record twelve minutes. Str- I guess I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it is twelve minutes straight. Once you hit record, that's all you get. Yeah. Um, but the, the real Titanic took eleven hours to get down to because you can't go down no. too fast, no, no, or no. else you'll get like the bends. The bends. Yeah. yeah. So during his full first trip, he was so goal oriented, he managed to film all the shots he wanted. <laughs> but as soon as he's back on the service, he broke down in tears after realizing the magnitude of what he had just witnessed firsthand. I would. And he ended up spending more time with the ship than its living passengers did. Because although he was that, down yeah, there only doing yeah. so much time of, yeah, yeah. of you know, uh, 12 minutes of or 11 minutes of footage, yeah. he'd be down there for hours looking yeah, at stuff. Looking at, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you would. Hey, I'll say, got all our footage, man, so we'll go back. Like, oh, time going down there. You 11 go. hours each way. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Um, after filming the underwater shots, after filming the underwater shots, Cameron started writing the screenplay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, reportedly, he spoke to him personally, provided each of the extras, that's over 150 of them, with names and backstories of real Titanic passengers. And they also learned proper 1912 behavior in a three-hour course from Lynn Hockney, who was the film's choreographer. Uh, she produced a video called Titanic Etiquette, a time traveler's guide, which was left playing continuously in the wardrobe department. I want to see this. Love that. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I they must, must still be out there. Written as a four-hour epic. Yeah. And they trimmed it down to three and 15. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, after watching Zack Snyder's Justice League, this felt pretty good. Yeah, because, <laughs> no, seriously, when you watch Titanic, you don't feel like you're spending all this time watching it. No, you don't. You don't. And we, we, we've talked. Oh, okay. But we've spoken that there's like 60, there's like 90 minute films. You stop halfway through and go, how is yeah. there still half of this left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt the three hours went by fairly quickly. Yeah, I, I felt that. I did. Debbie's nodding. Uh, Ellie clearly disagree. Oh, Oh, Georgia and Ellie disagree. I wonder if it's viewing conditions because Georgia, we've spoken about your viewing conditions before. It might be different in a because did you watch this on your phone? No, I watched this on my laptop. Okay, that's better. That's better. Yeah. Um, and so this took almost six months to shoot. I can see twenty days short of six months. Uh, the shoot was an arduous experience that cemented Cameron's reputation as, and I quote, the scariest man in Hollywood. <laughs> he became known as an uncompromising, hard-changing perfectionist and a 300-decibel speak uh, screamer, a modern-day Captain Bly with a megaphone and walkie-talkie swooping down into people's faces on a 162-foot crane. Wow. So much so that Winslet chipped a bone in her elbow during filming and was worried she would drown in the water tank and said there were times I was genuinely frightened of him. Jim has a temper like you wouldn't believe. She said he would yell at some poor crew member and I thought that's exactly, oh, and, and he would say to them, that's exactly what I didn't want. And he was, he was terrified he would do likewise to her. Yeah. So she kept her mouth shut and kept going. Uh, Bill, this made her, didn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, big time. Yeah, she she had one of the uh, uh, she, not one. She was nominated for a supporting uh, actress award Oscar for Sense and Sensibility, yeah. but she wasn't big she time wasn't yet. Big time, no. no, no, no. Um, her co-star Bill Paxton was familiar with Cameron's work ethic from earlier experiences and said there were a lot of people on the set. Jim is not one of those guys who has the time to win hearts and minds. He said the crew felt Jim had a uh, sorry. Yeah, Jim had an evil alter ego and so named him Midge, Midge. which is Jim spelled backwards. <laughs> In response to the criticism, Cameron stated, filmmaking is war, a great battle between business and aesthetics. And we'll talk about this battle because it was, yeah. Uh, composer James Horner said in an interview after he first saw a rough version of the film, he went home and wrote all the themes in 20 minutes. I think when you're inspired, it just, yeah. it just pulls out of you, doesn't I mean, it? It does play on those sort of certain melodic strains yeah. frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as is the case with many 20th Century Fox films, the film cans for the advanced screening had a code name, and Titanic's was Baby's Day Out too. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Baby's Day Out was is so terrible. I know, right? But no just, one's going to open that. No, no, no one. No, 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 especially number two. And a reminder, stick around to the end because we've got a great story. So we start the film with Titanic footage, and we've got some sepia pictures of like people on the Titanic, but it quickly... Um, the score happens, and we then we're on board, I guess, the underwater Titanic. And there's so much algae. There is. Um, you really were taken by that. I was, yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, well, that ship that's under there is never going to come back up. And that is just eat, eating away at that ship. Eventually, <sighs> that's just going to disappear and go into the I don't know what. I have a history degree, and I'm numb. I'm numb to it. It's just, it, it, yeah, it's a relic on the bottom of the wall. No. Maybe I'm like Paxton before the end of the film. Oh, okay. I don't get it yet. Maybe that's it. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Debbie, you're a, you, you, you've had the book. What was what, What's your impact of this sort of like, you know, evil death ship? It's, it's a graveyard. <laughs> evil death it's- ship. <laughs> It looks like what uh, what Davy Jones has in uh, in the second yeah. and third Pirates so, no, movies. I've never looked at it like that. Do you just say yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a graveyard and it's a place that deserves respect. Oh um, yeah, people die down there, and it's it hits you. I mean, they they show you the shoes, the glasses, the doll's mask. It's and that's what hits you. It goes there were people, and it, this happened, and. I have to say this. I've I've cried at this film every time I've watched it, but I cried the most I've ever cried today. Wow. I think that's because this is the first time I've watched it since I was a mum. Oh uh, yeah, there's some there's some pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And there's there's something there seems to be a hormonal switch. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> a mum. Absolute mess. But today. I, I cry about this film all the time. Well, Debbie, Debbie uh, I've been there before. <laughs> Debbie has cried at the film. Just I guess more so now. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just, Debbie did tweet out a picture. Was it was it that? No, it was Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was Facebook where it was just a picture of this uh, laptop with all the Kleenex she should obviously used in, as far as crying at the film around it. Can I just throw? A question out there to you guys right because how do you feel knowing it's a graveyard to these people how do you feel about bringing stuff up from the seabed knowing that it's just gonna just dissipate into the seabed eventually how do you feel about that if it's if it's being respected and used to kind of um archive it and learn from it then i think that's a great thing yeah i I feel that too but there's a lot of people that don't feel like things should be brought up there's a balance. In the documentary I watched on Discovery Channel, they've actually brought up a locket um, that belonged to uh, a lady who, who died, went down with the Titanic, and they've given it to her great-great-grandson. Wow. So he actually has something of hers. which That's is nice. just 
yeah, it, it's beautiful. And it's got the pictures of them in it. Wow. So he's got something. I knew nothing um, about that. Yeah, it's, it's, but there's other things of like they should be left, they should be respected. I mean, they're going to be there for a long time. There's so few creatures that can live two and a half miles down underwater. They're going to survive for a while. But they've catalogued and, like Ellie said, if it's respected. So uh, Cameron, uh, he when he decided he wanted to use real footage of the Titanic uh, down on the, on the seabed, he didn't want to shoot from inside the thing. He wanted to have cameras outside, which is why the camera that he uses, he creates. So Cameron's brother and Mike, uh, called Mike Cameron and Panavision, developed this deep sea camera, which is able to withstand the pressure, which is five thousand eight hundred and seventy eight pounds per square inch. Wow! So they didn't have this technology. No. They built the technology yes. to do this. Yes, this is what Cameron does. Like he, like he and his brother invent like the cameras they use for like Avatar. Wow! He had the idea for Avatar like twenty years before, and we had to wait for technology to catch up. <laughs> that's a genius mind, isn't it? Yeah. So that's why, like, he just he just knows what he wants to do. So you can, yeah, you can understand now with Terminator Two, can't you? Yeah. So far ahead. He of was time, so far right? ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the TED conference in February 2010, uh, James Cameron stated secretly, what I wanted to do was dive to the real wreck of Titanic. And that's why I made the movie. <laughs> and the statement brought a round of applause from the audience. Yeah. So they spent, like we said, we get a, spent a lot of time down there, it feels, at the start of the movie. But in essence, it's us looking at it, looking at it through Bill Paxton's eyes, I guess, with the, with the torchlight and all that stuff. And they bring up a safe, and everybody's celebrating as they break open the safe and paxton's got an earring like he's a pirate <laughs> he does what is this <laughs> maybe that was the late 90s look i didn't know paxton's passed on he has i think he, he has, has yeah. yeah like young yeah yeah oh. um he should not be wearing a pirate earring also he's wearing a charcoal version of chris evans's sweater from knives out <laughs> i don't know if you guys noticed that or not it's the same that. style but it's just in charcoal <laughs> Um, and the safe just has garbage inside, it looks like. It's just papers. Um, I think he should have been a bit more, you know, careful still. Yeah. Because maybe, you know, that... He's looking for that one. He knows yeah, what he's looking yeah, for, yeah. and this isn't it. And he thought this was it. You can tell. They're popping champagne. They think this is everything. I found this hard to start with. When I first watched this movie, mm. I found it hard because I felt like he was, um, like you said, the pirate. I thought I felt like he was only yeah. look, uh, looking for that just to make money off it. He obviously had he was on the phone with someone, so he's got some sort of rights to be here. Yeah, he's purchased the rights to do the whatever you call it, salvage, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they discover eventually they're cleaning off one of the pictures. He goes, "Hold on, what's that? What's that? That's oh, a naked woman. Is what it is. Yeah, it is a naked woman." <laughs> and uh, I, went, she, I went looking at what she's wearing, and she's got a, <laughs> she's got a necklace around her neck, and that seems to be the thing. And they show this on the TV, which I guess you know it's 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 it just seems weird. You, I would have thought they, they might do like close ups of her face or something like that, but no, the whole the whole torso up sort of shot. And uh, old Rose sees this, and old Rose is played by Gloria Stewart. Uh, I, I'm not ruining the age game, Ellie. I will say she was aged up to reach the the, the age. She's not yeah, spoilers. She's not really 101. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, she did not find the process exp- uh, pleasant whatsoever. Oh, okay. Um, that's right as far as like, the aging up the acting yeah, she was yeah, fine with yeah yeah uh, and so she's there and it's kind of we introduced to her it's kind of like she's doing like a one person recreation of a scene from Ghost where it's like my love I thought she was thinking like Ghost Jack Dawson would come behind her and they could like like cross this over it's like a really funny. weird choice she's gonna make pottery 
<laughs> Wouldn't you be more shocked at seeing this on TV? Well, her exact line was, I'll be goddamned. Well, yeah, yeah. but I mean... Yeah, I'd, I'd just been stuck. And she phones, or at least her people... No, she does end up phoning eventually. Gets a hold of Bill Paxton's character, who's called Brock Lovett. If there's not a more movie screenplay name than, Hi, I'm Do salvage I? expert Brock Lovett. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and on the dating game today is Brock Lovett. Yes. And he goes, Rose, can you tell me who the pic- woman in the picture is? She goes, oh, yes. The woman in the picture is me. And then they nick. I swear it's part of the Jurassic Park score as they're like are in the helicopter, like going forward. Yeah. It felt so Jurassic Park. Yes, it, it wasn't did. quite bum, 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 bum. It was really close. I didn't think that at the time, but I, yeah. It was so Jurassic Park. <laughs> Um, and so while they're doing that, uh, the people on the, on the, on the deck of the boat are debating whether Rose is real or not. And this guy, his role was he was the skeptic. He had like yeah, the yeah. smiley face t-shirt <laughs> with like the bullet hole and the blood around yeah, it. Yeah. Very classy. Um, and he says, this is just a woman named Rose Dawson. She's an actress. She doesn't tell you anything to know. She's an actress. And it's like, uh, I don't, okay. So I don't think this is some sort of improv thing. <laughs> But he goes, he goes, she's the only one. No one else outside of this boat knows about the heart of the ocean. How does she know? And so that seems to be good enough. Um, she shows up on the boat and wants to see her drawing. She does. And says, wasn't I a dish? <laughs> great I line. Her. It is a great I line. Yeah. I saw a note. It was originally something else. Like, wasn't I hot or something like that? And they went, that's not right. That's no, not how it should sound. So they, no. they changed it so it's era specific. Well, a 101 year old wouldn't say hot, would yeah. they? I don't, I don't know what it was specifically, but they, yeah. they, they rewrote the line. Yeah. I couldn't put everything. In. I was trying to avoid some bits. but uh, And it finds out she was wearing a necklace the day Titanic sank. And Bill Paxton says, and that makes you my new best friend. <laughs> and she says, oh, the mirror. Oh, everything's the same. The hairboard's the same. The mirror's the same. She goes, oh, the reflection's changed a bit. That's a nice little thing, isn't it? And says, are you ready to go back? Uh, he's Bill Paxton uh, Brock asks are you ready to go back to Titanic and Rose gets shown this computer it's like really insensitive so it's like the skeptic guy here's how Titanic sank okay yeah splitting two and he's like in the water and she's like I know he's like yes but the audience needs to know this so they're ready for the film so what happens is and there's a computer generated idea and then when he goes it crashes to the floor you're like whoa at the time this was the theory for how Titanic sank but actually it's been proven now it sinks in three parts not two parts oh yeah Uh, I thought 2016 this is this is the new research oh, we find okay. there's three pieces the famous bow section the imploded and crumpled stern section but the middle double hull of the ship had uh, had planed away and about a hundred feet was far away from the wreckage somewhere else cameron says yeah but this is so as far as cameron knew at the time he was yeah. making an authentic film yes, so yes. anybody who's going it's not legitimate okay chill out like the guy yeah, clearly yeah. went to like massive pains as much as possible and the conversation we were kind of having was it's not supposed to be a documentary about the titanic no he went to great lengths to try and keep it accurate as much as he could barring a couple of exceptions yeah but this thing is it's a love story it's not this it's yeah, not yeah. it's not it's a setting, titanic's you know. a setting yeah yeah it does feel to me like he couldn't decide whether he was making a documentary or a love story okay i think he did like want to make a documentary s- afterwards yeah. I think the setting is the selling point. Yes. If it was just, if this was like, you know, HMS Lusitania. <laughs> Not nearly the same. No. Um, so Cameron acknowledges the air, but defends, like I said, his thing. So at the time, it was historically accurate. And we meet Rose and what a shot when oh, she's yeah. in. That shot where it comes down as the yeah. hat and then pans down. And, and you lift the hat. Oh. Very, this is the most, I think this is the single most iconic shot in the movie. It's 
Brilliant. There's great shots in this yeah. movie. I think it's probably the best because it makes Rose Dawson eternal. That shot you can put in Oscar um, yeah. clips, yeah. like m- montages, yeah. to the end of time. That shot will be will be that 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 shot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just as far as just like the, the cinema, oh, it's just so good. It, it sent goosebumps up me when I, when I, when I, when, I, when I happened when I first saw it, and and every time since then I've seen it. No. It does. She's supposed to be 17. She don't look 17. No. I'm just saying that. No. Not ruining the age game. I'm just saying she doesn't look 17. <laughs> uh, and I think that's more of the, the outfit. Um, Winslet was a logistical, sorry, was a logical suggestion by the casting department. So she'd already done quite a lot of period drama. And her nickname in the industry was Corset Kate. <laughs> Corset it was. I hope they spelt it with a K. Corset it was. <laughs> I remember first seeing her in a TV series called Casually. Really? Yeah, I've seen Casualty. Yeah, she was in Casualty. She was one of the wow, one of the you know main characters for one episode. Really? Yeah. It's like a really, 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 really poor man's version of Grey's Anatomy or ER. Or ER, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, Ewan McGregor was a main character for one episode of ER. Was yeah, he? just like a single episode, but he was clearly the main guy yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was really Clearly good these too. shows make people. They yeah. do, they do. Um, or at least for America, he was already big over here. Yeah, um, same with Ron Howard. Sorry? He had an ep- Ron Howard had an episode of MASH. Oh, did he really? Oh. Yeah. And yeah. Patrick Swayze. Well, R- Ron Howard was famous from the Andy Griffith show, though. Yeah, he was. Like, he was a famous kid actor. But he, as far as, like, coming back as an adult, yeah. Ooh. So, some names attached to it. I think these are legitimate. People who are rumored to have turned this down. Yeah, go on. Okay, so uh, I think the first one, if you want, I think Kate Winslet was a Brit playing an American, but for many years we've had a certain American who seems to excel at playing a British person. Any ideas? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. First name on the list. Yeah. Winona Ryder. Mm. Claire Danes. Oh, I can see that. Well, yeah. Which will make sense in a second, especially. Yeah, it does. Gabrielle Anwar. I don't know who that is. Gabrielle Anwar. And Reese Witherspoon apparently all turned down the role. Reese Witherspoon. She might have made a mistake there. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. When did um, Cruel Intentions come out? Uh, Right around after this, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah. It's it's like one of those 2000 era sort of things. Yeah. Yeah, because she never was that big until then, was she? Election was. I don't know. I don't know what her. I don't know what her breakout role is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eager to get the role of Rose, Kate Winslet said James Cameron daily notes from England and went to L.A. and kept phoning him. You don't understand. I am Rose. I don't even know where you've seen anyone else. When he finally gave her the role, she sent him a rose with a text from you to Rose. <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> better than a bit cheesy. <laughs> better than Jared Leto, who was like sending his co-stars like dead hamster heads oh. because he was trying to get into character. Yeah, oh. that is gross. Yeah. Uh, Cameron said Winslet has that thing you look for and there was a quality in her face her eyes and he just knew people would be ready to go the distance with her and she was one of the few actors who was not allowed to wear a wetsuit during the water scenes as a result she got hypothermia and nearly quit do you know what I thought at times there was you know she looked proper cold yeah wow yeah uh, My dad found out that we were watching this and doing it for the podcast and sent me a hypothermia water chart because he and mum both swim in the river and like swim in the river all year round. Like when the yep. water temperature is like 2.2 degrees, it's like the coldest he's been in. in. And he was like sending me how how long you'd actually be alive for in that sort of water. That would be, that'd be really good really in the end because I've got some thoughts about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, following her grueling experience in the film, which included the, the schedule as well, some other hardships we'll talk about later on, Kate Winslet said... You'd have to pay me an awful lot of money to work with James Cameron again. Oh, well, I guess they must have ponied up because she's been confirmed to appear in Avatar 2. Oh. 
I hated the first one. I, I haven't seen it. Oh. Uh, Leo also acknowledged it was a tough shoot, but stated that he, if he ever did another action movie, he'd want Cameron as the director. And apparently Leo took great joy in teasing Kate Winslet's foot size on set and would make fun of them, saying, come on, let's press our feet together. And he says, we would sit on the floor. and he, uh, Sorry, she said, we would sit on the floor, and he'd go, come on, sweetie, foot to foot. And I put my foot up, and he would fall about laughing because my feet are the same size as his. Leo referred to Kate's feet as Winslet's canoes. <laughs> So what size were they? Eight? The same size as him, so I don't know. Like just, just big for a... Oh, okay. Because we're talking, like, you say eight. Do you mean a man size eight? Do you mean a woman size eight? Oh, okay. The, those yeah. are different things, aren't they? they? Are, yeah. yeah. And we also meet Coward and Hockley, played by Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Very good in this film. He's brilliant. I love Billy Zane. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the character, but I love Billy Zane. My only issues I have with him in this film are probably because of the script, not because of him. I think he's brilliant. You mean you don't have a problem with his wig? No, I didn't, I didn't notice. I didn't care. Oh. You, you noticed the... I never notice wigs. Oh. Um, he's named after two small towns near Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, where I saw Titanic. <laughs> How about that? Caledon, which I would drive through all the time if I was going to a bigger city. Caledon was like a halfway point. And you're yeah, like, okay, we're yeah. almost... We're getting close. And then uh, Hockley, which was like a little like golfing resort kind of area. Oh, cool. The Hockley Valley Resort. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, apparently, it's where his aunt and uncle live. Uh, this role was also linked to... Matthew McConaughey, who turned it down. All right, all right, all, all right. right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe really wanted this. Oh, I can see I, I can see Rob Lowe doing this. I, yeah. yeah. I don't, mm. Mm. You've seen Rob Lowe yeah. as a villain, surely. Yeah, but he's... He's not big. There's something about Rob Lowe. Billy Zane's a tall man. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Billy Zane's got that, that, that character about him where he can be good or bad, where Rob Lowe... Mm, I have not Rob been, Lowe's a villain tons of times. Wayne's he? World? That's more slimy. There's something else he did that he was a villain in. Oh, it's like Tommy Boy. But no, he's done lots of things. He did slime. Well, he didn't win it. I'm not saying he yeah, should have yeah, won yeah, it, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying I could see him doing it. Ellie, you've been trying to get something across for a while. Yeah, I found out Kate Winslet's shoe size. And it is? So in the UK, she's a size nine, and that translates to size 11 US. That's v- wow. that, that's woman's foot size? Foot. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a big foot. That's Ooh. the same size foot as me. Wow. She is 1.69 meters tall, if anyone's interested. Are you, are you, uh, are we we doing the height game this week? (laughs) (laughs) So, so you're a size nine in women's shoes? Uh, no, um, size nine. What did you say, Ellie? Size nine in size nine British women's shoes, size 11 American women's shoes. We didn't give the men's equivalent yet. Oh, okay. And she's an inch taller than I am. There we go. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a big foot. I can't see it being that much different, though, can you? Maybe it's why she was more buoyant than the rest of the... uh... Buoyant. uh... (laughs) Um, And so uh, he says, you know, God himself could not sink this ship. (laughs) So dramatic irony and massive amounts of hubris. Hubris being like tragic pride. They do this a lot because obviously we all know Titanic sinks, so they're all given it. It gives us that audience superiority. Ha ha ha, he is the stupid one. I don't like him because he's clearly wrong about this. That's what Titanic, that's the tagline. They gave oh, it was. When it was, it built. was. As yeah. someone who teaches uh, an inspector calls every year, the, the, the big line is tight, unsinkable, absolutely unsinkable yeah. for the for the, the guy. So we go, I always tell my students, this is how we know he's wrong about everything because he's wrong about Titanic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed there as as um, as Rose and, and Cal are going about the bo- uh, the boat. There's a there's a passenger getting his beard checked for 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 lice. Yeah, mm-hmm. James Cameron. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. He got himself in there a couple times in the early parts of this movie. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, Then we go back to the old Rose, who says it was a ship of dreams. 
To me, though, it was a slave ship taking me back in chains. Ooh. I think you might choose a different line of dialogue yeah. if you did this now. Yeah. <laughs> probably not a... No, not a slave ship. That's probably no. not something you want to say anymore. No. no. Not we, as a rich white woman, anyway. No. no. We cut to... Um, uh, Leo and Fabrizio were in their seat, and there's a guy behind the pub, uh, so behind the bar at the pub. Uh, he's actually related to one of the Irish workers who built the Titanic. I was going to talk about James Cameron. No. <laughs> Jack wins his seats playing cards, of course. Um, he says when they flip over the cards, somebody's life is about to change, and they need to run because they're going to be late. And that's where we're talking about Leo. Go. Rumors of, and there's a f- quite a few, Johnny Depp. Hmm. River Phoenix. Yes. Didn't get the role because he died. Uh, do you know what? Yeah. If, if he hadn't died, I bet he'd have got it. Uh, Christian Bale, heavily, heavily suggested. Ooh. The thing that didn't get him the role was they were pretty much committed to Winslet as Kate. Yeah. And they went, you can't have two Brits both no. playing Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winslet so. as Kate. <laughs> Not Winslet as Rose. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, Tom Cruise, no. who wanted too much money. There's a rumor the original casting choice was uh, Tom and Nicole. Really? No. Yeah. That'd have been a different movie. Yeah, because you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to separate it from 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 it's just another it's just another Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to this, where yeah. they kind of became those people. Yeah. Uh very much rumored Chris O'Donnell. Mm, okay, he's, yeah. <laughs> Who beats Leo for the role of Robin in Batman and Robin. Leo was up yeah, for that and, and, and Chris O'Donnell me. beats him. And you're like, wow, maybe he's the hit and who's Chris O'Donnell now? Yeah, I know. I've n I have have not seen him in a decade. I haven't known. Uh Billy Crudup. Oh, Billy. Billy, yep. Uh, from Stillwater. He won't a almost famous. name, though. No, he? he wouldn't be. No. Uh, Jared Leto, but he refused to audition. He wanted the role or nothing. Oh, why would you do that? I have no idea. Jeremy Sisto. Do you remember uh, Clueless? Yes. He's the guy who's like the rapey one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah him? Yeah. No, he'd, he'd have been a good cow. Yeah, I couldn't And see he him. screen tested. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got that far. And... We mentioned his name already, but all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. She, Kate Winslet remembers auditioning against Matthew McConaughey, or reading with Matthew McConaughey. I could have probably seen it in the early days, but he didn't have the, the vulnerability. He doesn't have that boyish energy. Know. He's too late. He's too, he's too like relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, initially, Leo didn't want the role and refused to read his first romantic scene. Uh, Cameron said he read it once and then started goofing around and I couldn't get him to focus on it again. But for one split second, a shaft of light came down from the heavens and lit up the forest. Cameron strongly believed in DiCaprio's acting ability and said, look, I'm not going to make this guy brooding and neurotic. I'm not going to give him a tick. I'm not going to give him a limp or any of the other things that you want. Because it's not going to be an a-, a great acting like thing. Yeah. He'll do The Revenant in 20 years. You can do that then. Leo's great though. I mean, you watch the- him in What's in Gilbert Grape. Yeah. But- Opposite Johnny Depp. Yeah. But the, but the idea was like don't look for the acting role look for this for what this is you yeah, can make yeah. this great yeah. and Cameron pitched the idea to 20th Century Fox with a single line of Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic <laughs> which it kind of is, it is. which explains the Claire Danes thing it does yeah. doesn't it yeah um, in a peculiar twist of fate the person who urged him to accept the offer was Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd had auditioned for Romeo unsuccessfully wow because he was a big Titanic buff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so in the movie, Jack's a third-class passenger who sneaks up. There actually was a real third-class passenger who did sneak up out of first class out of curiosity and never got caught. Hilda Maria Hellstrom, uh, she was in her third-class cab when the Titanic got hit and ended up surviving the sinking by boarding one of the last lifeboats to leave. 
I was going to say, because a lot of third-class passengers wouldn't have made it to the top. Nope. No. Uh, Kate and Leo first met at the Cannes Film Festival in 96. Winslet knew that DiCaprio had auditioned, but it wasn't yet taking the role of Jack. She discovered where his hotel room was and went to chat to him about doing the film. Uh, she said, uh, I was going to persuade him to do this because I wasn't about to do this film without him. And after she screen tested, Winslet was so thoroughly impressed, she whispered to Cameron, he's great. Even if you don't pick me, pick him. Oh, I love wow. her more. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, that's really, really sweet. my heartstrings. <laughs> Um, oh. They all go ahead and wave. <laughs> they do. Which, but that was a thing. It is a thing, and it, it, it lets everybody show off. A the computer generated imagery, which is still in its early days here. Oh yeah, it's and how you make t- no. But back in the day, this is incredible. Yeah, and it, like here's Titanic alive again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Um, and then we go back to art school with Cal Hockley as our professor, who tells us that uh, that something Picasso, Picasso he won't amount to a thing. He won't. He won't. I tell you, that's why they were cheap. cheap. <laughs> so the audience, went, in case you missed the Titanic reference yeah, earlier, yeah. here's someone else. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Monet behind her. And we meet the unsinkable Molly Brown, played by Kathy Bates, who is great She's in this film. She's amazing in this film. Originally, not the actress who was cast. Okay. Reba McIntyre. Really? Who I think could have done okay. The country singer, really. Yeah. yeah. She's done some acting. I don't know if it's crossed over. She's done some acting back in North American television shows and things yeah. like that. She's got kind of a gumption about her. She has, yeah. She does, but I think Kathy Bates. I think I've seen her in a Christmas movie. Yeah, she's done lots of, yeah. Oh, okay. But Kathy Bates is, Kathy, Kathy Bates is a whole different type of actor. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like gravity and weight to a role yeah. in it with her. Yeah, Kathy Bates is a presence. She, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's so good. Um, and then we get all, let's go ahead, all ahead full, all ahead full. And the second all ahead full was James Cameron. <laughs> so, and this introduces us to the engine room, which we'll see later, and to the uh, boiler room. Yeah. Which will, man, it looks like hell. It does, doesn't it? <sighs> Just red and the heat, can you imagine? Yeah. And then Leo decides he's going to run to the front of the ship as it takes off and shout out, I'm the king of the world. A bit of a, bit of a fact here. Um, the boiler room was actually on fire for a few days uh, when they set sail. But that was a common thing back in the day that coal um, would combust under so much heat that they, what they'd do, they'd try and um, the only way they could get it out, they couldn't put it out, they had to feed it into the fires so they'd feed it quicker. Well, I'll tell you who else was on fire. Go on. Leo DiCaprio was on The King of the World because that was an ad lib. Was it? Yep. <laughs> Number four greatest movie line of all time by Premier Magazine, they've decided. But I'm the King of the World, um, which, you know, Cameron, when it wins Best Picture, like, goes, I'm the King of the World. I'm like, oh, you just lost all the good. Because it came off really, yeah. it came off really like egos, like he's rubbing it in the face. Oh, it was not a good look. And I'm like, you are Canadian, sir. We do not do this. <laughs> But no, he ad-libbed it, and you get that really rough cuts of woo, 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 yeah, woo. Yeah, like all yeah. the, you can tell like they've used all the different takes in some capacity here. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to first-class dining, uh, and we find out that the Titanic, Titanic is the largest thing ever created by man, and this introduces us to a lot of the stuffy people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, including Jonathan Hyde playing uh, Bruce Ismay. Yep, Bruce and real beluga caviar was used in the first class dining room sequence. After sampling it, Jonathan Hyde, who played Bruce Ismay, said he made an acting decision on the spot that Ismay must have been a, a big eater. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just ate all the caviar. Oh, I've, never, I've never had caviar. Why are you looking at a Canadian? Like, somehow, like, oh, you must have had that. I've never had caviar. Ellie, have you had caviar? I think, yeah, I've had it on, like, canapes and stuff. 
I, I just, but just not, yeah. like, what is not a canapé? proper fancy. It's just one. salt. Is a canopy like a fancy sandwich? <laughs> it's, like, it's like sandwich. little hand, but it can be lots of different things. Okay. It's just like small food that you have. Like if you were well, a drinks around with a tray, uh, yeah, on a, they, like, yeah. pick him, pick them off the tray. Non-tray. Really posh stuff. So no, a volivant could be a canapé. Isn't that just? Like, isn't that just like a like an hors d'oeuvre? Yeah. Oh okay. Uh, oh, oh okay. But cool. you could also have a canapé like at a meal as well. I think, or maybe that's an hors d'oeuvre. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not posh enough to know. No. Um, Bruce Bruce Ismay talks about the size of a Titanic and then Rose talks about Freud and what Freud said about men who are obsessed with size and he goes Freud is that one of the passengers that's funny Uh, Rose then through her voiceover old lady Rose says because she's sad like everybody else is having fun she's just like staring ahead like how no one's noticing this I don't know um and she goes, I felt like I was standing at the edge of a great precipice with no one to pull me back. And it turns out, not a metaphor. <laughs> She's going to go run to the edge of a great precipice. Yep. Yep. Um, she gets over the edge, uh, and Jack stops her. And she's like, stop, I'll, I'll jump. I'll do it. And he figures out she won't, but he goes, look, I just need to get rid of my cigarette. And she goes, okay. That allows him to get like three steps closer. It's really yeah, clever. It is clever. Very clever. Very Actually, this is a nice scene when he talks her down off 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 the ledge. I think so. Like it establishes so it's their first meeting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's taking his clothes off like he's about to jump in after her. Yeah, and he basically he, it's this thing. Oh, you jump! I got to jump now. Yeah, I'm in. I'm invested. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice scene. It's a lovely scene. Yeah, and it's a nice way of meeting the two and getting to know the characters. So yeah, yeah. Um, he says, "Look, you jump, I jump." And he asks, "Have you ever been to Wisconsin?" I'm going to pause for a minute here. Wisconsin is like if if like our downloads were like if you look at the countries we get most of our stuff from like 58% yeah. this month already has been from um the United States. Yeah. But if you would make Wisconsin its own country, it would be our third biggest country behind the United States, Great Britain, <laughs> Wisconsin. Uh, I'm stunned. So thank you Wisconsin. Yeah, Whoever's Wisconsin, out there from Wisconsin, let us know who you are because yeah. thanks. Wisconsin. I was not expecting this. And so in Wisconsin, I went, this is my segue. I can talk about this here. So here we go. That is cool. So um, it talks about some of the coldest winters. And as someone who lives in that Great Lake region, when I was back home in Canada, yeah, it's it's cold. Uh, Her dress almost kills her because she tries to get back over the top and she steps on like the little like mesh of it, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Sequence? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Beading. Beading, yes. Beading. Uh, and Jack says, I won't let go. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you won't, because I got a spoiler for you for later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she'll let you go. She'll let you go. Uh, Cal wants to give Jack 20 bucks for saving Rose's life, because they think he first, he had something wrong to do. I don't know how. Like, you see him, like, they land. I guess, they, unless they think he's, like, attacking her. Yeah, no. With his shoes I off. they were thinking he was sexually assaulting her because he had his clothes off first thing he did get my shoes off yeah i'm not trying to make i'm not trying to make light (laughs) of far from it but the idea that the shoes aren't the first thing you'd probably remove but i never thought this at all even when they start talking to him and cuffing him and i never even i never even thought we needed a reason for cal and lovejoy and ruth her mother to show up and get a glimpse of jack yeah and for lovejoy to be suspicious Mm-hmm. which he is he notices that the shoes are untied yeah yeah um and so cal then presents rose with the heart of the ocean to cheer her up not a bad way to cheer you up i don't know ladies i mean it looks like, i mean I, I, there's a rock and there's that rock which smells what it's cooking because that's huge i thought the rock last week was big but this week's rock is massive um thoughts it, 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 i think it's too much but that's just me 
I it's couldn't a get bit... past his, his eyeliner. Sorry. Oh, God, I hate his eyeliner. <laughs> yes. I was about to mention that. I, I, I noticed I didn't write it down. I like his eyeliner. Okay. I hate his eyeliner. That way Johnny Depp might have got it. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's on a boat? Come on. <laughs> Johnny Depp suits it. This Captain guy Cal. Does not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyway, not a massive fan of the necklace. No, okay. no I wasn't going to watch the too movie. Bawdy. But I went to Charlestown down in Cornwall way and they've got a Titanic museum. And I don't know if I saw a replica or I saw the film prop. I don't know which one I saw, but that was quite spectacular up close and personal. I'd love to hear what she like took a copy of his home. Mm. I'd I love to. I, I don't know. Surely like more than I one. I remember. I mean, I don't know if the museum's still there because I went years ago. I mean, like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. But I mean, I saw either a replica or the film prop. I don't know. Yep. But that was quite impressive up close and personal. Uh, Georgia, you said it looked gaudy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very costume jewellery. Like, I know we've all been in shows where, like, they give you, like, plastic-looking costume jewellery. It looks like that. I thought it looked fake. I'll give you that. Yeah. I thought it looked very... F- more so around her neck than when they brought it out the rest of the time, but when it was just there, I'm like, yeah, it looks fake. Yeah, oh, I did think right at the end, you know, spoilers, just before she throws it into the ocean. Oops. Um, I thought then, in particular, it looked really fake. Probably yeah. because they are several different props. I should imagine... Yeah, I'm sure there's more than one, yeah. yeah. It's probably made of actual diamonds and stuff, but they wouldn't let anyone wear that. So that's probably a more. No, they definitely wouldn't chuck actual diamonds into the ocean. That is true. <laughs> no. I thought the the chain part of the necklace actually looked beautiful. I yes, that yeah, it was fine. Really it was just the centerpiece. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, worn by Louis the Sixteenth. Apparently, uh, it didn't. It, I don't know if you know your history, but Louis the Sixteenth does not end well for him. <laughs> I'm say he's he a French guy. Good. Yeah, uh, he he wasn't so much a thousand small knives all over his body, but just one that came down across one his neck. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the other side of a revolution. Um, but he says, "There's nothing I wouldn't deny you if you wouldn't <laughs> deny me." And I'm like, "Well, that's a that's a that's a proposition, isn't it?" Yeah, right. <laughs> um, he just needs some, doesn't he? That's all he wants. I, I, he obviously knows that she doesn't want to marry him. Uh, and it seems like, and we see this scene later on, I haven't written down about it, where Kate, inter- Kate, where Rose introduces us to all the men and their um, their trophy wives. Yeah. And so he even gets a whole, and hey, then- he even gets a whole, nice job, cow. He goes, oh, thank you. And it's this whole, you know, he, he needs this. This is the one thing he doesn't have, but you can't just buy this. He's trying yeah, to. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. I don't understand all that. I don't. I don't. So uh, we go to a walk on deck where they talk, they argue. I've gotten my notes. The writing isn't great. And then I've got a second note, which I didn't realize was part of my research from earlier. It says this scene is improvised. So that might explain it. Oh, that would okay. explain why the writing wasn't great. Because yeah. everything until she starts looking at his drawings, I'm like, this feels real, like the writing's bad. It didn't I did like right for the period. No, I did like yeah. when she shows him the engagement ring, and he goes, "Oh, you would have gone right to the bottom of the ocean." Yeah, it's, that's charming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it did. It just felt very overly expository. Very, eh. yeah. And now who's being rude? I'm like, this isn't good. And then she grabs, and then I'm gonna see. Oh, okay, this is all improv. So he, uh, James Cameron, asked them to, to sort of improvise this this scene so. so it feels like they've been told you need to hit this this and this here are your so story points and yeah. at some point then we have to get to the book because i think when it hits the book the writing gets better and i think they gotta be back on script for that part okay probably i think so yeah um and so we find out about and they look at some 19th century porn together on the uh <laughs> 
I wanted or, to see the picture we didn't see. There was I, a I, there was a picture of the one legged prostitute, but I they thought the reaction was better than the image. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, 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 it, yeah. it just ruined the tone where it turned into a freak show rather yeah, than. Yeah, yeah charming to see her reaction because she's very naive yeah and he's obviously a little bit worldly yeah yeah. Yeah. he's had to be is that what we're calling it (laughs) yeah it is but he's been to paris and america and england so yeah worldly so do you think he got his leg over Oh, oh, he, he actually says one. he actually says no and she says is she in a relationship no she's one like a prostitute <laughs> what about the one-legged was the deal breaker if you're one-legged and not a prostitute is that okay or if you're a prostitute with both legs but can't no, no. that venn diagram that's not working what about what about if you've got one leg but you're not a prostitute no that's what i'm saying like yeah, is that yeah. is it happening both because you can go no nah, she only had one leg or no nah, she's a prostitute one-legged prostitute that's, that's jacked he's worldly he's not that worldly <laughs> <laughs> so Ismay wants records and orders that the boil the boilers be fired up, and the captain goes, well, "I don't know if it's the right idea." And Ismay's obsessed with re- with records, which I get. Yeah, I do get ambition. I'll say this much: I think Ismay gets a bit of a raw deal here because it's not Ismay's job to say no to this. No, it's, not. it's the captain's job to say no to it this. Is, and yeah. if you can't do it, then you shouldn't be captain of a ship. Yeah. And we're supposed to go. Ismay's the villain, and the movie tells us he is, yeah. and he has a rough. End story as well. He does. But the captain, we go, oh, poor captain. No, this is the no, captain's, this is on the captain's watch. I think they gave the captain a rough, rough deal here because I don't think he was, he was, he was, he was competent. You know, he was, he was in retirement already. Oh, I don't think for a moment he's incompetent. No. no. But they made him incompetent in this movie. Oh, did they? Yeah. Like he, he divvered about stuff and he had other shit crew come up to him and yeah. say, shouldn't we do this, captain? Here's my thought. Like, if it is your last. If it is your last voyage, which they're saying it's your last voyage, da 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 da, like you have no reason to be afraid of the guy who signs your checks, no, because it's your last one anyway. Yeah, but this, I mean, like, in there's real- no, there's no greater feeling than your last day at a job because you're like, I can do whatever I want. What are you gonna do? Fire me? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But in real life, he was already in retirement. They brought him out of it. Yeah. For Titanic. Yeah. Um, and so we get a little pre-dinner time. Uh, Jack tells her, uh, they're talking about what they want to do with their future. Jack says he's going to teach Rose how to ride, not side saddle. And they have a uh, spitting competition. Was well, this improvised? Well, she spits and he... Um, Dribbles. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Brown. Uh, this kind of, the, the spit here isn't improvised. It's not. No. Uh, Molly Brown hooks him up with a suit because her son just happens to be the same size. Where is he on the voyage? Don't know. Who knows? What do we, we need someone to give Leo a tux. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he cleans up so much that Cal doesn't recognize him. Yeah. He walks right by him at first. He and does. then he goes, oh, this is, to, oh, Mr. Dawson. You almost could pass for a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, almost. Uh, she descends from the staircase, and it's very Romeo and Juliet. It is, yeah. With the, the height. She's higher and yeah, he's lower. Yeah. And then we also get this great point of view shot of the grand staircase, and it's another one of those fantastic shots oh, from this movie. Beautiful. Um, and we go to dinner, and she goes, where do you live, Mr. Dawson? This is um, Rose's mom. And he goes, well, right now I live on the RMS Titanic. And after that, I'm on God's good humor. <laughs> Knowing what we know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he goes, to making it count, which at least that was an error off. I'm making it count. Um, and then he leaves and gives a little note to Rose, who no one's watching. Nope. Says, uh, make it count. Meet me at the clock. 
Which sounds like he's going to teach her how to read a clock. (laughs) (laughs) Also, he doesn't say what time. He just kind of goes, he just assumes that she'll be there imminently. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a shot that we'll need later, which is her approaching him at the clock and his back's to her. So he can turn around because we're going to come back to that shot later. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes to a real party. And a real party, I've learned, means Irish people in Guinness. Yeah. Yes. In the bottom of the ship. Are, are you drinking Yay. Guinness, Debbie? I am drinking Oh, Guinness. good. Uh, nice. I was thinking I needed like a tie-in for this week. I couldn't think of one. Oh. Guinness. Once I started watching, I was like, I should have had some Guinness. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well done, you. Well done, you. So um, I'm doing San Miguel. It's about as far removed from. <laughs> so you don't fancy a, a baker's batch. A baker's ba- I will get a baker's batch. Maybe I'll do that as we get ready for the end game and things like that. So I can edit it out if it goes badly again. <laughs> I'll go down with the ship. Uh, so uh, both Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio learned how to dance the polka for the scene. I have tried to learn the polka. People have to teach me how to dance the polka. I can't. Oh, okay. It was for Oklahoma. I had to learn how to dance the polka, I believe, for like two seconds, <laughs> and I was not very good at it. They did, they seemed pretty all right at it. They were all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Granted, they probably I was ha- really good at it. I'm just putting it out there. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I've never tried. I mean, they they had like you know, if they don't get it right. The whole production stops. You got like people more than just come here, come here. It's just like this. You got it? Well, I think so. Okay, here we go. I went. I don't get it. Mind you, mind you, saying that a lot of the shots were like. Um, waist, waist up, up they? it could have been anything yeah. <laughs> have, yeah um and so and then they go and she does like she goes st- kate turns into that worst kind of look at me girl here yeah where she's two guys arm wrestling and goes you think you're big tough men and they're like well no we're just having an arm wrestling i think i'm tougher than him that's all that means <laughs> yeah well let's see this you do this and she dinner. steals their drink and she like does like the whole like on point thing and i'm creeping the f out because yeah. oh I, I don't like that it that feels unnatural. That don't bother me. Oh, I was, I was so I was so creeped out by this. Oh, when you've seen people's toes after they've done yeah, oh, they're. Oh, so if you've goodness. seen it in real life, you kind of go, yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. gross. Her feet are broken. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we see they normally use blocks on the bottom of ballet shoes, and she yeah. just does it on her actual toes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know they're on their toes ah, in the ballet on the box, but <laughs> I'm just I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> And Lovejoy, we see him make an appearance, and he sees them. And we have the morning after the night before, and Cal and Rose are having coffee or something the next day, and he flips the table and has a I tantrum. I like that scene. That must have oh. ready, re, 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 ready for this. Go on, ad lib. Really, it felt. Ooh. He was told to ad lib. Dangerous. Billy Zane was told to ad lib by Rose. I guess she would have got some notes about like here's 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 the lines. Yeah, but we're not going to tell you what he's going to do. And so her reactions are genuine because she doesn't know. It felt organic. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of thing that great filmmakers do. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, you could argue it's... If I was Kate, I would be thoroughly pissed off by that because that could have gone dangerously wrong if any of that hit her or anything like that because it looks like it gets quite close at points. I'll, I'll say this. I really, this, this, this time around, got a really significant appreciation for Billy Zane, more than yeah. I have in previous watches. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, I think... Apart from that wig. <laughs> he, I can't he, get over it. he's not the costume department <laughs> um so what do we think about rose going off with jack i've just got us a question here um i haven't got well i suppose with the class system and everything else and blah 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 not with the class not, system just with the idea that she's she's, she's engaged yeah but she, she she's not interested in him she's not gonna you know he's not, then end it well her mother won't let her end it will she yeah you know, I maybe, hear you. Maybe, maybe she sees this as a fling, not as a, you know, 
a well, naivety that, fling. Well, they had that great fling when they were dancing. I, I, that, that point of view shot as they're spinning around. Yeah. I do I love that. that. No, I oh, I that love that shot. shot. Yeah, me too. They're so obviously just holding on to a camera. See, Ellie, like, you said me too. I'm assuming so you're agreeing with Georgia, not me. I am, yeah. <laughs> I hate that shot. You know what so happens? Bad. This is where the masses chime in by saying that I'm right. This is what happens every time we have one of these moments. I like it. Yeah, probably, but I hate it. It's a different angle and a different feel to it. Yeah. You know, it gives that feeling of excitement. I think you see. so fake. You see him through her eyes and you see her yeah. through his eyes yeah. no you, you see them staring at a camera and but every point of view shot in any film does this then so we're just arguing against the use of point of view shots in films no it's specifically that they're obvious they're supposed to be holding hands but like the perspective is off like it just like, it i think like, it would look I stupid if you like just it. saw them spinning with their hands from like a third from just like a, a neutral standpoint i'd be yeah. like that looks crap <laughs> that's more why i hate it really rather than the like cinematography of it just i think it's just a Stupid thing to do. All right. Um, and so, Rose. So, uh, back to. See, my issue is that she's engaged. Okay. Okay. And now, if you want to end, end it, but it's, it's just weird. She's kind of living between both worlds and she's got that's two why, guys kind of hanging on. That's why I think she's seeing this as a, a last minute. My life's over. You know, mother wants me to marry this guy. I don't like him. I might love him. I'm just a trophy. I'm never going to amount to anything. Yeah. And this is her voyage to America. And by spending time with Jack is just that does one she, last. Does she seem browbeaten at the start of this? Because I think she's defying her mother from minute one in this film. She's trying. Put down the cigarette. She blows the smoke right in her mother's face. And Cal takes the cigarette and puts it out at dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's not like some sort of like timid puppy who Jack then teaches no, to. I think, I think this has been going on for a while and she doesn't, she knows it's all about the money. Like if you're ready status. to kill yourself, which is what she's ready to do at the start yeah, of the movie, yeah, we're going to believe, yeah. then maybe you go. Okay, you know what? I don't want to kill myself. Let's break up. Yeah. Because she's back with that same, like, look on her face, like, two scenes later. Yeah. What does she do in, in that situation? Is Father's gone, left mother with all the debts. Yeah. Mother is, is desperate and lost, and her mother is, she's amazing. She acts it beautifully, but she's awful. And what do you do in that situation? Where does she go? If she leaves her mother, she leaves Cal, she's got nothing. Yeah, it's a, big, it's a big step. I get that, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge tie. It's absolutely... Just marry a rich guy that's less of an asshole. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> um, you're kind of come breaking together, up though. after the end of the, the voyage. Because yeah. it's kind of awkward if you break up with your fiancé and then he's on the same ship with you for the next couple of days. Right? Well, he's, he's going to be drinking brandy and smoking cigars. Just stay out of the room anyway. Um, well, I just felt that ship had sailed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Rose's mother forbids her from seeing Jack again, and we get all the exposition that we Debbie just did, said, yeah. thankfully. It was like, yeah. you know that your father ran out. Okay, Rose may know, but clearly we didn't, and he needs to know this, so here we go. <laughs> yeah. But I like the fact she says that we we have tough decisions. Basically, women don't have a choice in that era. It is the men who make the decisions, and they've got to go where the money is. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a line. The name and the yeah. state. It's so unfair. Of course it's unfair. We're women. Our choices are never easy. Mm. And then we get all the hubris in the world in a short thing. So we find out there's an ice warning, but we're going to speed up. Don't don't worry, Rose. We've, we're okay. It's yeah. usual for this time of year. And then we get told, I've noticed there aren't enough lifeboats. Nothing gets by you, Rose. There's not enough by half. Oh. But, and Cal's like, you don't need it. It's an unsinkable boat. <laughs> yeah, we don't I'm need like, it. okay, are we, is, is, our, is our dramatic irony meter like going off the charts here? <laughs> they're like ramming it down before ab- about it. They are all true facts. Yeah, they are, oh, but yeah, it, they it, are. It, it was just it was just littered yeah. on us and like, okay, we yeah. have 75 seconds. Get all the history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the exhibition that makes everyone so angry. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to I'm flying, Jack. So Rose tells Jack to leave her alone, and then she seeks him out moments later. I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> he should be like, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with her now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during the part where Jack and Rose are on the bow of the ship and Rose says, I'm flying, Jack. The sunset was real and not CGI. Oh. The set had been purposely built at a seaside location to capture natural light and eight days of filming were available to capture this shot. For obvious reasons, there's only a few minutes per day to shoot the scenes. It's bathed in yeah. like this sunset orange. That's beautiful. I said to you, didn't I? Um, the final day, uh, the, every, every time something wasn't right, whether it was the, the acting or, or something, it just wasn't usable. Yeah. And so, um, the final, so they kept filming rehearsal shots, hoping the conditions would improve the next day. And on the final day, there was an overcast sky. So they kind of went, well, we're not getting the shot. And then just before it was about to end, the sky suddenly cleared and Cameron quickly got everybody together. Kate Winslet was pulled out of makeup and the scene was finished just before another cloud appeared. But because of this, the shot is actually, if you look at it, slightly out of focus. But Cameron oh, wow. said, it's the perfect sunset, so I'm going to put it in the movie. Uh, even though he's a huge advocate for CGI, as we know from mm-hmm. things like Avatar yeah. and Titanic, he admits that the magic would have been hard to capture uh, with CGI as opposed to real. The real would be better than something that's oh, yeah, by a computer. Definitely. And uh, they make out, and we get another great graphic match as we switch to regular time. So they go from on the on the, on the, the I don't know what it's called, the, the, the very front the of the ship, the bow, the bow of the ship. And then all of a sudden, it's like they're like making out on like the death ship again. The death ship. Yeah. <gasps> and so we get a little more fashion, but that's just buying time. So we can have the probably the most famous scene in the movie, isn't it? Yeah. Draw me like one of your French girls. Oh. <laughs> So, after finding out that she had to be naked in front of Leo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet decided to break the ice, and when they first met, she flashed him. Was she completely (laughs) naked? Yeah. yeah. Winslet gets naked a lot in films. She's got no issues with with, with nudity. Okay. When Jack's preparing to draw Rose, he says to her, over there on the bed, on the couch, the line was scripted to lie on the couch, but Leo made an honest mistake and Cameron kept yeah. it in. <laughs> That's I nice. That's nice, though. It's the hand-sketching rows, this is quite well-known, actually, are not Leo's. No. They're James Cameron's. Uh, you can tell by the hands. Oh, they're so old. And he's got like, 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 a, like a black thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they had to flip it because he's left-handed. Uh, and so they had to flip it so that he'd look right-handed. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. uh so I guess he would have to then mirror the picture and then draw it because he didn't actually draw. Uh, he didn't make Kate Winslet lay there for hours no, naked no, in no, front no. of him. She posed for some photos in a bikini and Cameron had to use his imagination to draw the rest. <laughs> um, according to the cast crew and commentary on the special edition DVD, this is the first scene filmed between Leo and Kate. Get it over and done with. Yeah. What? yeah. Wow. Like she said, break the ice. Do it. Break the ice. I'll tell you what, though. She then goes, it's that great bit where like, they finish the picture and then you just hear the old woman voice going, it was the most erotic moment of my life. And you cut away to like everybody just staring at her. I've had a moment like this. That is, that is the funniest joke in the movie. No, there's, there's not a huge amount of jokes, but this is that. Is always gets a laugh. I remember That's doing it. So I, I remember doing a show and I had to kiss this girl, and we were doing the scene. Everyone normally down down on the floor, uh, not t- paying no attention whatsoever. And there's a line where I have to get look up, and I go, "Nobody's watching us." And I look out, the whole cast are watching us. <laughs> I will never forget that for the rest of my life. 
um, the guy, the cynic, the guy like, hey, man, here's how the Titanic sank. He goes, so what happened next? Did uh, she goes, did we do it? it was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes, no, Jack was very professional. Uh, and then they kiss. And there are some rules that Kate and Leo had with their kissing. So Thomas. I thought this was a good time for it. No coffee. No onions, no garlic, no smoking prior to shooting, all of which DiCaprio agreed to and then would do all those things on purpose. <laughs> Good lad. Winslet, <laughs> Winslet, therefore, nicknamed him Stinky Leo on set. <laughs> Good lad. In addition, I am with her on that. I am absolutely with her on in that. In addition, he would occasionally slip in his tongue during yeah, their kissing scenes just to, just to make her laugh. <laughs> now, I'm going to find out. It seems that she gave as well as she got in some of these. Good on her. Good on her. Um, so Jack puts the drawing and the necklace into the safe. He's kind of goes, whoa, because there's like lots of money in there. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, but we see him put it away. And then they go, uh, running away from Lovejoy. I think Lovejoy's chasing him. He is, yeah. And the chase, I mean, they go through the engine room and oh, they go through the steam, steam, the steam room as well. Or steam room. What am I thinking of? Boiler room. Boiler room. Steam yeah. room. Steam room. Sounds like it's a spa. <laughs> <laughs> they, go, they go through the boiler room and they're like, oi, you ain't allowed to be down here. No one would have gone down there. And they like run out and like her dress is like tray. Like it would have caught like a cinder and was, she'd have like burnt up. It was in slow mo, but it was quite, yeah. quite nice. It was a nice I, shot. I like yeah. that shot. It, it was pretty Especially with how red it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they end up by this car and he puts on the stupid tag. He goes, where to miss? <laughs> to the stars and pulls him back into the back seat. And he goes, are you nervous? So back when the guy was like, Hey, here's the, wait, did you, did you do it? And she went, no, he was right. She wasn't like, wait 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and i'll be graphic she went no and then she's like but then we totally did it we gotta hand it to her and i'll say i'll say this speaking about Probably, yeah. speaking about speaking about handing it to her <laughs> she goes put your hands on me jack she does it's a pretty hot line <laughs> it is it is when asked about her sex scene in the car with Leo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet said, oh, we do the most ridiculous things to each other. He'd be tickling me, groping me, winding me up, and I'd be doing the same thing back, sort of grabbing his bum. Yeah. She also said they had fun making it, too, and their friendship brought them together to film another movie, Revolutionary Road, in 2008, which I haven't seen, but it looks very serious. I have oh, seen it. Rubbish. I didn't Is like it serious? It. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. Well, it's kind of... It's- just a drama, yeah. Yeah. So it sort of it's seems like difficult issues. They just had a lot of fun touching each other up. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love the fact they remained friends through the whole of the, all this. So whenever anything happens in their lives or travesties or anything, they get in contact with each other mm-hmm. and are real good friends in real oh, life. Oh, that's nice. That is really and nice. Unsinkable Molly Brown is in Revolutionary Road as well. Oh, she really? Yeah. There um, we go. It's not a good movie. Um, when and so they have the full sex sort of experience yeah. we look at this, but there's that shot from outside where she like they takes, do the full sex they do, they do. and they, to show that had sex is dripping down the window oh, and she, the hand goes up yeah kind of like like the most erotic version of that spock thing when he dies yeah. in whatever film that is. is it number two number two he dies yeah two. and the hand goes down and then we come to them and they're sort of trembling in each other's arms all sweaty and she goes when the ship docks i'm getting off with you i'm like <laughs> She I think did. I think he got off of them now. Did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, I have a thing here. She laid naked on the couch for the, for the paint, painting. Yep. But she's still got she's got Jack's coat over her in that shot. Why? Because she coat. Because 
Oh, I know why. So the reason for this is because you're allowed to use going to get the rating they wanted. You can be nude if it's not in a sexual manner. So she's nude and she's being drawn, but that's uh, not sex. Oh, okay. If she was naked while they were having her simulating sex, God, yeah. God knows the two of them because it sounds like they were <laughs> they were having a whale. Yeah, but no. So so the minute you're, you're naked and it's got a sexual element, then it raises your rating because that's a different type of nudity. Oh, okay. Yeah. To an R rating, is that right? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So um, then the iceberg is hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this little scene where they show you the iceberg being hit because um, where she's on the boat with him, they're on the deck, you see it all fall onto the deck in front of them. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, I agree, because it's got to go somewhere. Like, it's yeah, not just, yeah, not just, yeah. Not just bam, and it spins or yeah, something. Yeah. Bang, um, and the ice is gone. The, the collision with the iceberg reportedly lasts 37 seconds, which is how long the collision was in the movie. Oh, okay. So that worked out well. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a good joke. I'm, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not sure. If, does, that, does that translate to um, the US or is that a British advert? I'm Barry Scott. Bam and the... <laughs> Silly bang. Silly bang, yeah. Bang in the dirt is gone. Oh, okay. Probably not. Yeah, it's, it's a commercial over here. I, I was thinking more along the words of scream where she goes, bam, bitch went down. Yeah, it would take a couple hours for this. Bang, um, but went down. But went down. All the scenes set in 1912, so everything that's not with Bill Paxton and company. Yeah. That is two hours and 40 minutes, which is the exact time it took for Titanic to sink. Yes. So it, it sinks up. Yep. It sinks wow. up nicely like that. Oh, well um, done. A recent investigation shows if Titanic had hit the iceberg head on, it would have survived. It would. Yeah. Though damaged, it would not have sunk and would have reached New York probably a day or two late. And in all of maritime history, no ship has ever had a sideswipe collision of an iceberg like Titanic suffered. And since, no ship has had one either. A lot of it also was to do with the rivets um, in the in the boat. Um, the rivets would break as. Um, they were so hot to be put in yeah. to expand yeah. that once um, it's, it's like s- slicing something. So once the, the iceberg hit the side of the boat, yep. it, it, they just all popped. It says the force of the blow was likened to a C4 explosion, something most modern ships would struggle to survive as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so they closed the doors and this is a hard scene. Uh, the watertight doors that come down. They're not watertight though. Well, no, because they didn't, they slow it down. <laughs> yeah. Because wouldn't you have thought to yourself, well, I suppose unsinkable, but wouldn't you have thought, if you're going to stick them in anyway, take them to the top? Because the, the, the boat could survive four rooms. Four, four compartments. Four yeah. compartments. But if it was being, five, yeah. which is what happens, yeah. yeah. It just went over the top of them. Yeah. So, uh, and, but there were lots of great shots of people trying to dive underneath it to try and oh, stay safe. Oh, God, that was... Oh. There's a couple, uh, there's a one guy, I mean, I'm glad we didn't get, if it happened today, you know they'd cut someone in half. Yeah. They'd show you like someone, there was the one guy I thought was going to get cut in Me half too. or get caught. But that yeah. was close. But it was hard to see the ones back and they're reacting to, okay, we're stuck here. Like, you know, they're the first ones to drown. We don't really think about it. Because no. the whole ship's still nice and level, right? Yeah. Um, the steerage sleeping cabins have already taken on water. And so the passengers start following the rats. And we should talk a little bit about Fabrizio and Tommy, who... They were big in the early the part. The film, Tommy, not much. He's just, yeah. he represents all the working class people. Yeah. But I think the film could have had more for both of them to do. They didn't really give much no. after, did they? Not really. Um, I don't know. I really, do I like Fabrizio and I like some, Tommy, so. Do you think they were going somewhere with them characters to start with? There is, I've got some information on one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's slightly appropriate in that they forgot the third class. They locked the doors and left them down there. And well, I think the film forgets them. Yeah. Like, we're it supposed to feel that. upset about... They kept saying how many people died, but they kept like not showing us. Yeah. 
it, it for large portions of the film. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so the fix is in, um, in, in more ways than one. Um, they find Jack and Lovejoy plants the diamond in his coat. Well, not his coat, as we find out. Because he nicks the coat earlier in the day so he can sneak mm-hmm. into the first class area, I think, for a bit. Yeah. Um, and this is where um, Cal finds out the ship could sink. And he goes, the ship can't sink. And Andrews goes, oh, she's made of iron. Yeah. It's a mathematical certainty. <laughs> yep. Um, and he goes, and the captain says to Ismay, I believe you make it your headlines, Mr. Ismay, which I believe on the VHS version we had growing up, this is where the first tape ends. Yes. Yeah. It's that kind of haunting moment where we realize, okay, we've had our happy. It's very Romeo and Juliet in the fact that where most people decide they're going to cut Romeo and Juliet for an interval is right after they get married. And then we come back to Mercutio dying. Spoilers. I hate it. I, that's one thing I hated when I had the video version of it is how it just cut and I stick another video in. Yeah. Because I was so invested in the story. I didn't want to break the story. Unless you really want like a nice built in um, like bathroom break and food and all that stuff. Mm, I was too invested. Yeah. Uh, and so really interesting actually because I did watch this film in two parts and I think that is naturally where I stopped it oh is it really okay (laughs) wow so um, and then uh, Andrew Smartens rose up to the situation and says to her look it's gonna it's gonna go down Uh, find yourself a place to get off the the, the boat and gives her his no that's later he gives her his life jacket right now he hasn't done that yet and so the band begins to play and the lifeboats start to lower, but they won't let steerage through. And Jack has been assaulted and locked up. So he's got his handcuffs and he's wrapped around this pipe in this room where it's just him and Lovejoy. Lovejoy takes the key with him and leaves. Um, he's playing with a bullet, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing I with thought, a bullet. He's watching the gonna, bullet fall down. When I first watched he, wa- I was, he puts the gun up to his head and then yeah. he punches him. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was going to shoot him. Yeah. I guess we're leaving that for later. Yeah. Um, and Rose's mother's like, will the lifeboats be designated according to class? And I'm like, <sighs> but people would have been like that when they, she's, such, she's such a cartoon though, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got Cal being like this, but she's like so close to being like a regular person. Yeah. I don't know how she can be so. And she never yeah. redeems herself. Never redeems herself. Never. Um, and so um, at this point, Rose is like, I'm going to leave and tries to leave her mother, tries to leave Cal. She gets away from her mother. Cal grabs her and is like, no, let me go. Let me go. And then she spits in his face and says, I'd rather be his whore than your wife because he's called her a whore. At this point, if you were Cal, wouldn't you just go, the ship's sinking. She don't want me. Cal doesn't, Cal doesn't lose. If Cal wants something, he gets something. Uh, yeah. So... Um, is down for rose spit in cal's face rather than a scripted jab him with a hairpin oh this makes sense because this is a payoff to what we saw earlier yeah, isn't it it is according to billy zane they had to do so many retakes of this scene he sort of went numb to the feeling of being spit at in the face <laughs> and winslow had to start using lube because her saliva ran out <laughs> Ew. Like, how bad is she at this that you couldn't get <laughs> but do you know right when you watch the film when you watch the film, it does look a lot on his face. Oh, it's it's a lot, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Apparently, it's because she had a mouthful. <laughs> uh, and then she goes downstairs and goes to find Jack. And at this point, anytime you go down uh, un- under deck, and the water's been taken on, we're gonna have a Dutch angle. We're yep. gonna, we're gonna tilt it. Yeah. Now you can go. Some people who have talked to them are going, "Well, it represents the boat. Is it's sinking." Yeah, it's also still on the same angle above deck. It's not like if you're above deck, it's like level. Yeah, and then when yeah. you go downstairs, it tilts. No. Like, <laughs> well, I did notice when you had a shot down the side of the boat, um, it was still like 
on the water flat but then when you turn to like you're looking at it from a distance it's like right up in the yeah. air <laughs> i mean yeah, a choice do you want to watch it tilted so and the choice they made was if it's on deck for the most part it was straight flat yeah until until near the end yeah 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 but but the, anytime underneath you made sure okay it's, uh, it's not it's not normal to be on a boat with water on it so we do this yeah all right yeah so um i can she, forgive that she finds she's not forgiving she forgives jack oh. after a moment of thinking she went no he goes how'd you know i didn't do it i already knew it in my heart <laughs> there's a reason this doesn't get nominated for, for best screenplay mm. <laughs> <laughs> um she she goes and gets an axe it takes like four minutes for her to get this axe because it's like three little subplots that are her with yeah. like some guy trying to rescue her and a little kid she tries to help it's like oh the kid oh yeah and the, and the, and the guy oh, oh. that just gets gets him away debbie's oh. gone again yeah <laughs> she goes and gets an axe and we've learned practice is not necessary right why does she shut her eyes she's one who's supposed to be focused on where she's going with this axe right i and why would you take a bloody big swing? Because the movie's got a movie. <laughs> I'd just like to point out, last week at work, hence why I wasn't on the podcast, uh, we did have a bit of an axe competition, and basically we went around all of the staff to see who could keep hitting this piece of wood until it got smaller and smaller and smaller. Basically, you have to hit it, and I won. So, oh, nice. so if we're in the situation, you are who we want on the other yeah, end of the... Okay, reason. great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could we have any doubt of this anyway? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, if it's the five of us, I might be on you already, George. I'm just saying, if the other way around, if Georgia, one of us has to hold the axe, who would it be? (sighs) (laughs) I'm going to say me. I was, I'd, yeah. Hand eye coordination, sports, baseball. I played baseball and stuff. Hang on, hang on. I think we need to have an axe off. (laughs) (laughs) When Georgia shows up with two mangled hands, we'll know that it went poorly. Maybe we don't start with an axe. Maybe we start with something else first. I chopped wood as a kid. I did it. Yeah. All right. I think I'd pick Liam. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, no, I was going with car, car parts factory man over there. Country, <laughs> country full of lumberjacks. That's all I'm saying. I grew up, I grew up chopping wood. I'm there we go. I'm all right. Um, and she manages to somehow, of course, the practice shot is a good, a good two feet to the right. But she manages to hit right between the handcuffs, freeing Jack. With her eyes shut. With her eyes shut and his eyes shut. Yeah. Which I'd have my eyes shut. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch the axe hit my hand. No. <laughs> Um, and then we go and they run away. And let's talk about Rose's dress for a minute. Go on. This blue chiffon dress. Uh, it was designed to look just as good wet as it was dry. Is it blue? I thought it was like a purple, oh. purple and pink. It's bluey, isn't it? Yeah, well, like, uh, purple and pink. Depends on where she's. Is, is, is it like that dress from the internet? A few. Can <laughs> <laughs> we all see a different color? Uh, costume is it green or pink? Costume designer Deborah Linscott made twenty four of them. Wow. Wow. Oh, you, you couldn't be like, same dress as yesterday. It's still hanging there. Because all the all the weight that would go on to it, and it would yeah, be stressed and yeah, stretched and yeah. ripped and all that stuff, right? So um, in the scene where Rose is looking through the corridors for Jack and the water use, she has to dive down off the stairwell into it. And yes, she goes, she goes, ah! Yes. Actual reaction. I was going to say that's... Because uh, that the, the water uh, was brought in from the Pacific Ocean at Baja, California, Mexico. From Why did rem- they not use warm water for these poor people? Well, from That's what I remember, of water this warm. water tank, the water tank was built on the side of where the sea was. Yeah. So I'm assuming they use seawater. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, if we find out the boats aren't full, they're putting like 20 rather than 65 people into these boats, which of course is historically accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the steers are told... Hate, can I just point 
point out, I hate the people that ran the Titanic. Like, it makes me <sighs> so angry. I'm going to try and share maybe a personal story that might help with some of this. But um, steerers are told women and children uh, first. And as a result, the minute the gate opens, they all try to get out. And after the gate, I've got some sympathy for the guys who are trying to maintain order here. Yeah. Because you, what happens if they all swim a boat and the boat lowers and everybody dies and there's no boats? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not saying that's right with it, but I, they're in a complete no win situation. The minute you have a, 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 a class system for this, how do you keep everybody back? Because everybody's not just chilling and waiting their turn. We, they're climbing over each other, trying to get there. What do you do? Mm-hmm. So I've got some sympathy. You fill the boats to the capacity. Well, I agree with you there. You get as many people off yeah. as possible. Um, Steerage are told. Oh, I said that already. Uh, Tommy speaks on behalf of all the Irish people and the film members that Fabrizio exists. Yeah, because they're there going. <laughs> you know, Tommy's like, "Hey, we're 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 gonna we're gonna die down here." And Fabrizio's like, "Yeah." <laughs> And that's it. Uh, Cal- and I break my heart again because the mum goes, well, we're going to be ready because we want to get on the boat. <sighs> yeah. Cal goes to the, he, before they get onto a boat, he goes back to his safe, says, I'm going to make my own luck. And he's got the money. Mm. And Lovejoy shows his guns, says, so do I. Lovejoy doesn't die on screen. No, he, he looks doesn't. in distress at one point. We don't actually see him die. I've got where I think he dies, but that's about all we hear about him. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. that. Bit. He needed some visual yeah, comeuppance for this film. Yeah, he did. Uh, Tommy and Jack and Fabrizio break down a different gate by taking a bench and slamming into it. Tommy the Gun Ryan, I've called him. Like, Tommy the Gun like, Ryan. Like, like Tommy Gun yeah, from yeah, yeah. Rocky Five punches out the or guy from the like White Star. Tommy Gun. Yeah, named after Tommy Gun. Yep. Yeah. And that's uh, a left hook. That's not an easy shot. That was a great it was, shot. It was a great punch. Oh, I enjoyed that. It's because he's Irish. <laughs> um, I'll Pretty shoot sure. you all like dogs. James Cameron instructed the actors playing all the officers to keep order amongst the extras and the sinking scenes. The guy who says, I'll shoot you, keep back or I'll shoot you all like dogs. Uh, after the take, Cameron ran up to him and told him it was great to do it again. And Phillips says, what did I say? Because <laughs> he was too caught up at the moment to realize what he was doing. Yeah, I like moments like that. It's a great line. Mm. It is great. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's where I really feel for it. Because like, you're trying to get them, but if they would just go on one at a time, you'd be all right. Yeah. Everyone's uh, panicking. Yeah, I'm trying to think about my, I think I've got my, my story here. We'll figure it out for later. Um, Cal has a moment where he becomes a man, I thought, because he refuses the extra spot. Because he's finally allowed to get on. He's paid off. Um, yeah, yeah. The, it, it, it's the guy who's in charge, Murdoch, when 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 the captain goes to bed. Yeah. So this is all happening on his watch. This yeah, is like your yeah. nightmare. You get handed the key to the boat, and all of a sudden, like, everything goes wrong on your watch, right? Yeah. Takes the money, um, and he's, he's given the chance to go on board. He doesn't do it. And then Ismay no. jumps on board, and Ismay, and you stay on him as he he's did. lowered, and he looks so ashamed. And Ismay, I mean, Liam, you were saying something. He, he does not have a good end to his life no, as a result. Doesn't. No, he gets back home, and uh, he's basically ridiculed for surviving. And he's like that for the rest of his, until his dying day. Yeah, and he dies... I want to think it's in the late twenties. I think. I th- yeah, I think so. he's buried in London. I don't, know, I don't know where he's buried, but yeah, he was never seen in a great light. Yeah, Debbie, do you know anything more about this by any chance? No, no, not much. I just the same as Liam. He was absolutely plastered afterwards. He, you sort of see in his face like, "Thank God I'm alive," but actually, should I be? Because there's that bit later when he's after Titanic's gone. Yeah, and you sort of see him there going. The other main players stay on. Yeah, the other ones who are responsible stay on. Yep, yep. Um, and so um, it's going to get hard here. Um, families are separated, and we see a lot of really touching moments. I'll, I'll touch on one or two of them here. 
many of the core extras used for the movies uh, were based on actual survivors. In one scene, two little girls are loaded on a lifeboat, and the man says it's only for a little while. Oh, <sighs> yeah. It's, and he's doing everything to reassure them, knowing that he's never going to see them again. Yeah. And that's based on testimony from one of the girls who survived. Was it? That her father did that, yeah. Uh, The man also says in the scene, hold mommy's hand and be a good little girl. And apparently, according to survivor Eva Hart, these were the last words her father said to her before the lifeboat she was in was lowered. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a parent, you just don't want to frighten your child, do you? No. Um, Jack and Cal put Rose on a boat. Um, They both find her. Uh, Cal gives Rose his coat and says he and Jack could be safe on the other side. I do kind of question Rose for believing this. Yeah. Um, Great shot. Doesn't for long, does she? There's a great shot because she's getting lowered. You get a point of view shot. And there's two of them side by side. And they couldn't look more different. I know, right? And they have this conversation. But by the end of it, you think she must be in the water. No, she's down like about eight inches. (laughs) She must have heard all this. We find out, of course, that Cal's lying. uh, And he goes, uh, goes, I always win, Jack. One way or another. And then Rose jumps off the boat. Um, Jack decides to say sweet things like, why are you so stupid, Rose? Um, which I don't blame him for. I mean, why it is. doesn't Cal run after him, running after her? He's too big. Jack knows that bolt at the back of his hand. Cal probably knows the first class area at the back of his hand. Oh, okay. Um, that's pretty good off the cuff. I'm actually, I'm actually quite happy with how I came up with that. <laughs> uh, Cal um, gives. I'm like, oh, Cal's given up. No, wait. He grabs a gun and starts shooting at Jack. Yeah, that got a bit a bit cartoony. It very, yeah, because, yeah, it was stupid. Uh, she's like, you jump, I jump, and then, you know, Cal goes and, rah, and shoots at him. Okay. It was a nice way of showing off the set that they built. It is. They, they built the four levels of that staircase. Yeah. That was a complete thing. It was quite phenomenal. He runs out of bullets. Yeah. He runs out of bullets and shouts out, I hope you enjoy your time together. <laughs> That's a great line. It is, yeah. uh, he then laughs because he realizes the diamonds in the coat. Yeah, and he has to yeah, explain yeah. it to Lovejoy and us. Yeah, I put the garment on the coat. I put the coat on her. <laughs> and Lovejoy's like, the last "All right, yeah." Time we see Love. There is a shot of Lovejoy later on. Joy, oh, is it? I found yeah. it. I put it down on my notes when, when oh, we okay. see him. Uh, the boat is groaning and because oh. it's all I have in my notes because I went to the Museum of Moving Image on a school trip uh, we went to New York City in general but this is one of the places we went to and they had a sound technician there who explained that the sound that the Titanic makes as it's sinking is infused with noises of animals elephants and whales and things yeah, like that yeah, so yeah. Titanic becomes like a living being oh, and okay. so when you hear it grow, subconsciously you feel more sympathy yeah 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 like somehow I don't know like, like oh no big deal it's a boat sinking full of people Oh, it's a, oh, I, oh I no, think, there's animals I think, now? I think subconsciously oh. there might be a, 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 a baby elephant an elephant. Might die. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. But there is... Sorry, you see, now, I, I, yeah. I always imagined as a kid what it had been like sitting in one of them lifeboats, hearing all the, the screaming, the, the twisting of the metal, the bands. Because that was quiet, calm night. You'd they heard, say it's completely still you'd have heard everything which if you had any sort of like, the list of things that have to go wrong for this to occur yeah. the thing was if there was any sort of current whatsoever you would have seen the water breaking against the iceberg yeah. and that's what means, makes they can't see it yeah so uh debbie oh and also all the way in the film up until the engine stop um there is sound there is constant sound whether it is score it's the wind or the water there is constant that's sound. clever yeah. So there's always some, some extra sound, whether it's diegetic um, or non-diegetic, there's always yeah. background noise. Yeah, until okay. they cut the engines completely. 
um, after they've hit and they've reversed the engines, they then stop them. And I think it's the Countess comes into the corridor. Yes. That's the first time there's absolute silence. Wow. That's, like, and then, that's why we invite Debbie to come on the podcast because yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, pick I didn't up find that. it in my research, nor did I pick up on it myself. <laughs> Me either. Well, and then, then you get it again because they're, all the steam's letting off through the, um, the engines and everything. And then they stop and actually the, the lifeboat guys can actually hear clearly for the first time. And that's, just so eerie because there's just nothing and and this is when people start to panic all you hear is is that panic now liam you noticed something early you want to talk about about the number of smokestacks yeah (laughs) there's four and in real life only three were working the other one was just aestheticness but in the actual film all four are working yeah just a little yeah a little historical inaccuracy come on mr cameron what, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Probably that four smoking looks a lot better than three. It was done for aesthetic purposes, Liam. <laughs> okay, um, Mr. Cameron. So, Kate Winslet, there's the scene where they get stuck behind this gate and they have to talk to this guy and give him a key, unlocking him out of this thing. And he drops the key, yada, yada, yada. Kate Winslet almost dies in this scene, for reals. Really? That coat, she's wearing Cal's coat, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. It gets caught. You, you know how it's like kind of like uh, points at the top because yes, yes, it's yes, accordion yeah, style? Yeah, yeah. It gets caught on the bottom. And so when she's supposed to be moving up because the water's pouring in she's yeah. supposed to be sort of moving up and out and having her head kind of like above water so it looks like she's struggling well she can't actually get up any higher because the coat's pinning her down so she finally manages to get out of the coat you know not die wow and she she and then karen went okay never take and she did because no one knew she was in trouble it wasn't until afterwards that she confessed what happened jesus so yeah almost dead so um but they escape <laughs> Um, and then we go to uh, what different ending that would have been very much so he'd have had to let go of her yep Um, Don't and, let go, Rose. And then we try to stop the boat. Uh, try, while trying to stop the lifeboats coming overridden, um, Murdoch, Officer Murdoch, shoots two guys. Yeah. Including Tommy. Yes. That's in Tommy's movie. Yeah. Because this one guy comes up from on top. He tries to climb over people to get he into does, the lifeboat. He does, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I, I once. Uh, I'll tell it now. I don't know if it's here or not. Uh, I went, went to a church in Phoenix, and they used to give away bicycles once a year to children in the community. Okay. And they'd send out flyers all over. Come to a church. We're, give, we're, we're giving away bikes. If you bring this coupon, we will give your child a bike. Because they got someone was willing to give them bikes for, like, cost or something like that. Yeah. People in the church would, like, donate money, and they'd cover, and they'd give, like, 2,000 kids bikes. It was, it was the coolest Sunday. So bikes were located everywhere, and we were located. We were sort of charged with, can you, can you help maintain what, you know, the order? Because everyone will get one. But we just don't want to stampede. Yeah. And sure enough, um, and of course, it's it's a very multicultural area. So, you know, I'm there to speak English, but someone else beside me speaks Spanish and so on and so forth. But I'm part of this one, and there's this uh, a staircase that comes out the outside towards like a giant like circular foyer that surrounds the uh, the auditorium. Yep. yep. That where everything is. And so we're trying to we're trying to hold people. And at one point, we're like, everyone's gonna get a bike. Don't worry, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. And it was so hard keeping them because once they all get on the same page there's a lot more people than there is of me yeah yes yes. and so there is this thing where i'm like no no you need to stay and what but the worst part was it wasn't so much keeping them it was once the trickle started then it was hard not to get people pushing that was the hard part yeah yeah, and so you sort of see this here where i'm not saying i grabbed a gun and shot anybody no no no. but but of course this this happens and so i'm going i i flash back instantly i'm i'm 21 years old or 20 years old in phoenix trying to make sure everybody's getting a bike like there wasn't a shortage of bikes and you know the weirdest thing when you watch him do that um in the film 
you immediately feel sorry for him because that was just instinct to try and control things. But he, he realized what he's done. Yeah. And that's just like, well, there's no way I can't live with this. And he, and he shoots himself. Yeah. He salutes. Bang. Oh. Dead. Uh, Debbie, I think you had some information. We were talking about this every day. Yeah, this was this is one of the things that um, James Cameron regrets in this film is giving this character the name of Murdoch because Murdoch did not he did die on the Titanic but he didn't shoot anyone he didn't shoot himself so when the film went out his family um, got really upset. You can understand that obviously. Um, yeah. he, he was he could have just been an unnamed character or a name that yeah. wasn't a, a crew member. Um, so it is the one thing that, that one of one of the things that James Cameron. You could have called him like Officer Smith. Yeah, well, it didn't have to be him. No. And mm. so he did apologize to Murdoch's family members for the upset the scene caused them. But in my research, I've got that he kept the shot in the film, stating that while no one could prove it did happen, neither could anyone prove it didn't. And I'm like, that is garbage. Yeah, that is absolute garbage. It's it like saying I can't prove. I'm going to go something really over the top, but I'll keep it simple. It's like saying. Liam, I think you stole five pounds off my table. And you say you can't prove I did. Well, you can't prove that you didn't. And you can say you can't with anything that way. So I was a little bit like, so if he's had a moment of clarity since then and it's kind of gone, yeah, I regret this. I hope so. Because that's that's slimy. That's real slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cal gets on a boat by kidnapping a child, presenting it as his own and saying, I'm all she has in the world. Great line. It is a great line. But, whoa, you've got no respect for him whatsoever after this. No. None. I was torn. I was torn because I'm like, okay, he's gone back to pick up a child. Yes, it's for his own benefit, but he saved that child's life. Well, similar to what happened with Jack and and Rose. I mean, is there a parent looking for that kid? Yeah. Is there a mother looking for that kid who doesn't get off as a result? Very true. <sighs> and he's not with the kid when they're on the boat um, at the end, is he? No, no, he no. no as soon as he's gone, I think the kid's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they come across Jack and Rose. Come across some kids. Uh, sorry, the kids come across Andrews in the in the the cigar room. I've got. Yeah. Now this is apparently an eyewitness account. The last place he was seen. The right? Last place he was seen. Yeah. Yeah. And he he's even seen, fixing the clock. He was having a drink. Yep. And he had resigned to the fact that he was going down with the ship. Yeah, and so uh, Rose comes in and he says, I'm sorry I didn't build you a stronger boat, young Rose. And all oh. all film long he was saying, I built you a good boat, Rose. Yeah. I built you a good boat. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't build you a stronger boat. Yeah. Um, and he gives Rose his life vest, and clearly he's not no intention of getting off the ship. No. And this is the last time we see him, too. We so yeah. lining up with that historical sort of thing, this is yeah. the end of his story. Nor do we come back to him when like everything goes whatever. That's just where we leave him. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we didn't see him die. Yeah. I like the fact no. that the last time we saw him was having a drink. Having a drink and fire, just fixing the clock. He was there before anybody else what was going to happen that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have some iconic moments. Um, we have the captain locking himself into his control room, I guess. I didn't like this scene. Bridge. The bridge? Yeah, that's the bridge, it. Yeah. That, that's historically at. That's what he would do. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't think... He, oh, I know he'd gone down with the ship, right? Yeah. And Smith, when you read about Smith, he was... He would have he would have been this, this calm guy and done all these things right, which is why I didn't like when he like panicked and didn't know what he was doing. Oh, because we have gone over a scene where like women and children first, women and children first, and he can't bring himself to say anything. No, yeah. uh, he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, but he would have gone down with his ship no matter what. And by what people knew of this guy, Captain Smith, he would have done the right thing. Yep, and he wouldn't have wavered. He would he would, he was old enough. He was experienced enough. He knew what 
what the situation was. Well, speaking of not wavering, uh, we had the band who continues to play because oh. they go to leave and then the violinist starts and then eventually all four of them. What else are you going to do? Exactly. This really got me. <sighs> yeah. I loved this. And nothing was said. Doesn't need to be said. No. And they had been playing all the jolly music to keep people's spirits up. And then yeah. when they kind of make the decision to stay, they're playing this beautiful, solemn music. <sighs> it's like all like hymns and elegies and things like that, I think. Yeah. Did you also notice they also played um, a little bit of music from Moulin Rouge as well? Orpheus in the Underworld. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I oh, can. I know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I thought Ellie would pick up on it. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the old couple. Uh, hugging on their bed while water floods their room and they were the owners of the Macy's department store in New York in real really? life. Ida and Isidore Strauss, oh, wow. uh, both of whom died on the Titanic. She was offered a seat on the lifeboat but refused so she could stay with her husband, oh. saying, as we have lived together, so shall we die together. There was a scene that depicts this chance where she makes that decision and they yeah, cut yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm okay. like... I, I hear you because unless you're going to establish those characters early, yeah. then you can't have that scene. No. So it requires three scenes yeah. in order to get that, sh- or you can just go for the one shot. And I remember where it's two sh- old people dying together. I remember this scene being very powerful without knowing who they were. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know who they were. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was just it's a, the two old people who have made their peace and are going to die yeah. together in a bed together. Yeah, oh, powerful. <laughs> as well as I mean, there's the shot of, and I'm trying to cause debbie to bring out any more kleenex but there's the shot of the mom and the two kids in the bed and she's oh, telling them she's, like these like irish i don't know if it was i don't know if it was like a folk tale i don't know if it was like a like, yeah. like a bible story I don't, I don't know what it was i couldn't make it out but uh yeah it was nice it was an, it was it was nice in the fact that it was so powerful yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, speaking of powerful, let's talk about Fabrizio because he so dies Fabrizio. in the most ridiculous way in this movie. <laughs> yeah, a smokestack lands on him in the middle of a swimming pool. Cause that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> when I was at the Museum of Modern uh, of a Moving Image, they took all the other sound from like this scene out of it. So all you had was dialogue. You didn't get any of the diegetic sound of people's like footsteps or yeah, you get yeah. any score. It was just the sounds of them. So all you heard was splashing one. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks up. <laughs> so you, if you get the right version of like a video, if you if you're able to sort of rip it from its kind of um, house, if yeah. you will and you put it into something like a sony vegas you can actually find different layers of sound that's how i was able to do the uh train spotting where i did like a retin's run to thomas the tank engine's theme but kept the voiceover so if you can find this you can actually do this and remove those layers i'm trying to find a version on youtube for years i'm hoping if you hear us you can find one of these i'd love to see it just the scene without any of a diegetic sound besides the dialogue. Do you know what would have been funny, right? If all the way through the movie, he'd been offered fags and he'd been said, nah, I'm all right. I don't, I don't smoke. <laughs> yes, you mean, you mean cigarettes? Because that word means something very different in, in, in the United States. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been offered a cigarette. A cigarette, yeah. sorry. A cigarette, yeah. Um, that would have been funny to have that ending of, of him being smoked oh being smoked yeah <laughs> um so apparently the actor danny nucci who played this said there were several different versions of his death that were scripted one of them and i think well i think this is much better what's your opinion um would have had uh fabrizio swimming up to cal swamped lifeboat and begging to be let aboard saying it was his destiny to go to america because we see him like yes, cutting ropes yes we do so um at this point cal was supposed to have knocked him unconscious with his oar and tell him it's that way 
That would have been better. And turned him into a killer because, at the end. I like that. Because the smokestack come down on him was... And it looks so... It, it's the fakest looking shot in yes, the whole film. Yes, And that's yeah. why I said it would have been a no, funny... It's it's not, okay. <laughs> well, there are some walking about bits on the ship in the early part of the film that looks yeah. absolutely horrendous. But, uh, yeah. So he was told that his screen time had been shortened and his death scene had to be altered. The shot of him being crushed under the smokestack was shot during reshoots. Yeah. And it looks like it. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, the staircase drowns, and at this point, the ceiling, oh, it all brilliant. comes filled up with water. Yeah. And the guy who's playing, he was a couple times in the thing. He's supposed to be this 55, 60-year-old who's married like a 17-year-old. Um, he was like a famous soap opera actor in uh, North America on a show called The Young and the Restless. But he also had a recurring role on How I Met Your Mother as Robin Sparkle's father for about two years before he was mm-hmm. recast. Oh, okay. So uh, he's there, and uh, he dies. But, of course, like, you had one shot to get that. Yeah. Because once it's done, it's yeah, done. You yeah, can't yeah. try it all off. We'll no. go again. <laughs> so Repair the window. <laughs> yeah, so they got one shot at it, and it, it, it looked really good. It did. it did. They had a big problem after that because they, they literally flooded that four-tier staircase, um, and it floated. The whole staircase lifted up. So Is that right? Like, yeah. And <laughs> it actually, it gave them a clue because when they dived to the Titanic, they never found the staircase. Okay. Because oh, okay. it floated. Because it's made, it's all made of wood, yeah, and it was never intended to be pushed upwards. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when it happened, the staircase—that's why the staircase—they've never found it. Uh, so at this point, this is where the boat starts to sort of rise and do that bit. So Jack and Kate are marching to the thing. There's a great line where um, there's behind a priest or someone who's going, "Yay!" They walk to the valley of a shadow of death, yeah. and he goes, "And you walk to that valley a little bit faster." <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they end up right at the. Um, the bow again? Maybe the bow, the opposite end. What's stern. the opposite end? The, the stern? Okay, yeah. the stern. By where she tries to commit suicide earlier in the film when she goes, Jack, Jack, this is where we first met. Apparently an ad lib by Kate Winslet. Oh. Cameron gives her credit for it. Good, yeah. Uh, the boat splits, and this is where Lovejoy dies, I think. Oh. When it splits in the middle. He's right by where the split happens, yeah. and then we don't yeah. see him again. Yes, yes. So I think, but I, I need to see him die. Oh, yeah. For what he's done in this film, I need to see that. Yeah. Mm. Um,. And so then for a moment, the, 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 the part by the stern is sitting flat on the ocean again before, like we saw in the, in the this is how Titanic went yeah, down. Uh, we see point. it pop back up. Yeah. Uh, they end up on the other side of the gate, and they're sort of like r- like riding it as they watch it lower down. Is this um, a bit weird where that guy falls off and hits the Oh, propeller? hits the propeller. Oh, when I watched this. That got laughs when I saw it in yeah, the cinema. I was the only person in the cinema that laughed. <laughs> and and I didn't mean it badly. It just I weren't expecting it. You're not expecting because it doesn't want that, that. I've I've done plays where you want a reaction and you want it to be serious and it got laughs and you have to go. Okay, how do we do this tomorrow so it doesn't get that reaction? Because yeah. they're, they're not wrong for laughing. No, because what I've given them caused that reaction. Yeah. So what do we change so that tomorrow we don't get that reaction? Yeah. So you know you. I don't know what you can do. I, mean, I guess they want that because you don't want everybody to miraculously not hit the propeller. But on the flip side, like the way he spun and then and the lands, and I can and understand and the, the noise. I mean, it was like, gong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, there's an undercurrent, and they, they dive into the water just before the boat goes underneath the surface. They both they get ripped apart from each other, and she emerges up without Jack, and it's just like humanity flailing, and all you hear is splashing and yelling, yeah. and all the lights gone out, so you just have nothing but it's just blackness. Just yeah. blackness. Yeah. And um, 
during the scene, James Cameron threatened to fire anyone who would dare get out of a tank for a bathroom break while shooting the lifeboat scenes, leading to a few actors, including Kate and Leo, to relieve themselves in the water. Wow. Oh, well, if, 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 it's, if it's that or your kidneys, yeah. are gonna, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you would. Just like. You think about the number of people there, though. So, oh, I have to go. Oh, I have to go now, too. Yeah, oh, I have to go. Oh, people no. People like lemmings, aren't they? They are. Uh, and then where do you stop it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they get onto a piece of wood, a plank that he's found for her. Because someone's, someone's trying to like kill her or like push her underneath for some reason. Oh, that's yeah. And he like grabs an oar, I think, and hits the guy in the back of the head or does something anyway. And, punches, and him. Punches, punches him. Punches him. Punches him. Yeah. So I've, I've been in that situation. I was helping a friend to learn how to swim, and she panicked and climbed on top of me. Oh, okay. Oh, that was... If you're ever a lifeguard, which I I have been, mm. that is part of your training is yeah. to un- is if you, you have to learn who to save and who not to save if mm. there's multiple people drowning because some people will just try and push you under and so in that situation you push them off. Yeah, yeah of you, course. You or them. Yeah. I was actually um, watching. It's, it's actually quite quite a scary part of that training. <laughs> Very quickly, I was actually watching uh, reruns of Baywatch, and. <laughs> No, this is... Right. No, I get to laugh at you for watching reruns oh, of Baywatch. Okay. <laughs> There's multiple people out there laughing at me now. Some people stand in the darkness. darkness. Well, anyway, right? And there's a bit where um, they're bringing in... Um, uh, one of the lifeguards is bringing in a, a victim and he puts himself between them and the pier and Mitch turns around and go, you've done wrong there. You should put yourself... You should put the victim between you and the pier. So the danger... Because you're the one who's rescuing. Okay. So if you're injured, yeah. you're both going to die. You're both going to yep. die. Yeah. Okay. So you always that, put that them. That is accurate. Yeah. No, I believe it. it. I believe it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. that shocked me. And I was like, oh, really? No, in that situation, you it's better to have one casualty than two. And if you're the one saving people, then you're more important in that situation. It's horrible to have to yeah, yeah, yeah. get into that mindset. And I'm lucky enough that in the short time I was a lifeguard, I didn't have to go in. Um, but you do enough training that it's it, it terrifies you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not nice. No. Tell you what else wasn't nice. <laughs> the end of this movie. Um, they're, they're waiting for the lifeboats. Uh, they've got Kate on a piece of debris, or Rose on a piece of debris. I don't know why Which Jack doesn't... definitely big enough for two people. We'll, we'll talk Come about on. that in a minute. Uh, why Jack doesn't look for another piece of debris, I don't know. He's just no. like, I'm going to sacrifice my life to make sure you're safe on this piece of... Yeah, cupboard this or whatever piece it was. Of door that is door. definitely yeah. big enough for two people. Mm. Um, she says, "I love you, Jack," and he goes, "Don't you say your goodbyes? Not yet, Rose. You're gonna make lots of babies and watch them grow and die. An old woman in her bed. Not here. Not this night." And then Jack says his goodbyes. Yeah, and I'm not being funny. For what time I've been in the war, he'd have been. He'd have been gone by now. Yeah. Uh, we Do get you want never- the information on that? I've uh, got it. Actually, in like two <laughs> seconds, yes. We get never let go. She goes, I'll never let go. And then she lets go and throws him in the, bo- in the water. Did you notice when she pulled she had him, No, she had one job here. She did, right? He's saying, I'm going to have a bit of a nap. But I swear she... Sit tight. <laughs> Don't throw me though. in the water. Don't throw... That's he's, not what he's saying. He was, he was being 100% literal. There was no more metaphors in place here. And he wasn't pulling her under in any way, shape or form. So he could have just stayed there. But anyway, yep. she pulls his arm off and that made a bit of a... Yeah. Noise. That was horrible. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the plank for a minute. Go on. Uh, 
Uh, a 2012 episode of Mythbusters uh, tested whether or not Jack could have joined Rose on the floating door without submerging it and therefore survived the story. As it turned out, he could have, particularly if they'd strapped Rose's life vest underneath a door to add buoyancy. James Cameron, who appeared on the episode, maintained that Jack needed to sacrifice himself for thematic reasons, since his only concern was Rose's survival, not his own. He later said the hypothermia in short time to come up with a solution would have made any practical implementation virtually impossible. He did concede that he could use the smaller door to make it more plausible though mm-hmm. uh, also kate winslet uh, went on the uh, stephen colbert show and they brought out a similar size piece of wood and proved, and proved they both could have fit on it <laughs> and I, I, of course i think whatever needs yeah. to go is go we're not being we're just having fun yeah, with it yeah, here just we're just saying you could have picked a smaller piece of wood yeah. it just looked like it was just like the most like counterintuitive thing to do just go i'll just sit here and then try uh, yeah, he tries yeah. once i think and yeah. then goes i'll just stay here so um georgia do you want to talk to us about being in the water yeah so like i said um my parents both go swimming in the river local to us all year round um dad only in uh swimming trunks dad doesn't wear a wetsuit um and the coldest he's been in is 2.2 degrees um at 2.2 degrees just for reference you lose your dexterity under in under three minutes so you're not thinking and not able to concentrate in three minutes at that point wow um and you'll be unconscious or exhausted uh, in 15 to 30 minutes. Oh, interesting. Colder. Exhausted, you say? Yeah. 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 I, was, I, I got a point. Than, That's good. Okay. Oh, okay. Colder than that, which we're going to assume this water is because it's icebergs. The Antarctic, yeah. And um, under two minutes for loss of dexterity, exhaustion or unconsciousness in under 15 minutes, and expected time of survival is under 15 minutes to up to 45 minutes is your maximum right. if you're very, very lucky. Um, and so, yeah, even like water that is 10 to 15 degrees though just for like interest your lots of dexterity is 10 to 15 minutes uh, and your expected survival time is only six hours um, yeah. if you don't get if you don't get out of it um but you'll be happy to know that most swimming pools are about 24 degrees yeah um and but you can still lose de- dexterity if you're in there for too long for one to two hours right. um but you are lo- not likely to die if you're going to die you'll die within three hours Okay. And then you're fine. So, so it's, yeah, no, water is, water is very interesting. To our American friends, go ahead, look up a Celsius to Fahrenheit chart there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ze- I have it on here. I have it no, on oh, We don't need to read it out. So <laughs> just go ahead and do it. Zero <laughs> is our freezing point. Okay, yeah. so if it's not much above zero, then that's fine. George, do you have About an- 32 degrees. Yes, it is, it's, it is 32. 32 is zero. But, um, you know, as they will know, because they know what freezing is, yeah, where yeah. they're at. So, uh, but outside of that, go ahead, look it up, and you can sort of put that aside. Uh, so we get the coda that sort of explained. Cal looks for Rose on this other ship. What was it called, Liam? You had the name of it? Uh, oh, yeah, the Carpathia. That's it. Uh, we find out later through voiceover that he commits suicide after the crash at 29. To which point, like, old Rose, like, smiles? Yeah, or so I heard. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> I know he's not a good guy, but that's a bit savage. It's been 70 years. years? But again, it's, it's all about money, isn't it? So once he's lost all his money... Yeah, but she's like smiling at the idea that he killed himself. <laughs> he did try to shoot at her. He, sh- he shoots Jack. She just happens to be Jack adjacent. He shot a lot If anything, of she should be mad at Jack <laughs> for keeping her... Like, let go of me until all he's shooting. Now come find you. We've proven we're both really good at finding each other on this boat. So just <laughs> let go for now. This really massive boat that they make a point out of how big and long it is. And yeah. they happen to run into each other several times. Um, and so when asked at the uh, in New York, because we can tell it was a Statue of Liberty's there, her name is Dawson. Rose Dawson. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't want to wait. Uh, <laughs> 
supposed to be over. Um, we find out that Old Rose tells us that a woman's heart is a deep ocean full of secrets. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and another secret's about to go back in the water, and it's the old rose with her crazy mullet hairstyle. That is a crazy mullet, isn't it? <laughs> Waddles out, gets on the first rail. I was thinking, like, Jack was going to come back and, like, throw her over. <laughs> <laughs> well, really what happened is she would have lost her stinking footing because yeah, she's, yeah. like, o- over 100 years old. She would have lost her footing on this rail, smacked her head on the top, and found her in the morning the with the hope around. Oh, yeah. into the water. Absolutely. <laughs> But she t- goes ahead, throws the whole diamond or drops it and goes, she, oops, oops. <laughs> she, throws, she just dips it. Yeah. Oops. And then uh, there's a reunion special with all the dead people. Yeah. Including the guy who shot himself in the head. Yeah. They're all there clapping. So the question is that some people don't get is, does Rose die? And I, I think the answer is yes. clearly yes. Yeah. She dies in her sleep. She night. dies in her sleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you get the white light. Yes. Yeah as it yeah, pans up to does. the ceiling according to james cameron the ending's meant to be ambiguous i got news for you james ain't that ambiguous mm, no. no uh he says that uh, many fans claim that old rose is simply dreaming there we would call wrong uh while others claim she has died and gone to heaven we would call that right yeah uh along with everyone who died when the ship sank the screenplay confirms this when it says we pan off to the last uh, we pan off the last picture to rose herself warm in her bunk a profile shot she is very still she could be sleeping or maybe something else mm. i think it's the something else yeah of course it is because she's meeting all the dead people yeah at which point how do you feel about her other husband and all her other children and everybody uh, like you know her her idea of heaven is jack yeah and she, we'd say she never told her, her her future husband about jack or any of these adventures and i think she pretty much forgot about jack for a long long while uh, i think the shows that she clearly didn't well no but when somebody brings back a memory from the corners of your mind yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> many watercolored memories at that point and you're there on the boat <laughs> and you're going through it and people are telling you all these stories and you're recounting your stories no, I think she forgot about him because, what, two days they spent together? Yeah, we love it more, but not three much. Days. Yep. I just like to you think know? that there is like a little place in heaven where like if you died on the Titanic or almost died on the Titanic, oh. you have to go there. Think about these and, people like, who don't get to last, hang out with their loved the ones. One. Yeah. They're going to be part of Rose Dawson's <laughs> heaven <laughs> plan. Yeah. If, you, if you just almost died on the Titanic, that's where you go. You the captain go doesn't get to, ghost the captain's got to be got to be captain forever. He doesn't get to go hang out with his family. No, oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, he has to go to Nor does he get to be 20 years old again. He's got to be... 50 something years old whatever he was in real life or 70 he was on the boat yeah but why doesn't he get to be young only only rose gets to be young yeah because that's how old she was on the boat this is the most entitled movie i've ever seen (laughs) rose is heaven uh and then we get my heart will go on oh my son james cameron was adamant about not including any song in the film not even over the closing credits since he often finds they don't fit but james horner was struggling to end the film on a strongly emotional note and thought a song would be the best way to do it he secretly arranged uh, with lyricist will jennings and singer celine dion to write my heart will go on using the central musical theme of the movie as a melody a demo tape was recorded with most of 20th century's fox top brass in attendance who loved the song horner presented it to cameron who responded very favorably although he had no idea who the singer was I'd like to remind you that both Cameron and Celine Dion are Canadians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not French-Canadian, no, but, but no. she is. Like. She is. When told it was his fellow Canadian, Celine Dion, he responded, oh, she's big, right? <laughs> he included the song over the closing credits, and it went on to win the Academy Award for Best Original Song. And it was cut as a demo. Yes. And that was stayed as a demo. Yes. 
Yeah, they didn't Because initially, Celine Dion didn't want to record this. Yeah. The number of people who almost said no to this film is ridiculous. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, because she didn't want to sing another film song, and she didn't like it when James Horner first played it to her. She disliked wow. Horner's singing abilities, and she was convinced by her now late husband, Rene Angelil, um, and then she stepped in and re-recorded the song in just one take. One take, So yeah. the song you hear is just over the end credits, and what's later released as a demo. Kate Winslet says she hates the song, and it still haunts her. <laughs> I'd like to say... I hate the song and it still haunts me because this is a shout out to my sister. There were three versions of the song that hit the radio in Canada. And I'm assuming most places oh, okay. there was the main version, which is kind of the version you hear now. Yeah. And there was a thing they used to do in the nineties where during like the instrumental breaks, they would put like clips from the movie in oh, okay. yeah, yeah, and yeah. there were two different versions of this. And my sister loved the song and the idea. And she was a teenage girl and Leo was a big deal, of course, yeah, at this yeah. time. And so she put all three on a cassette tape and just like looped it. <laughs> so she would listen to the song for literally hours <laughs> and i was just going i so part of the reason why i didn't want to see this movie instead i kind of had an axe to grind against titanic before i went and saw it was i was just like done with this song wow yeah you know what hey, song Chris? i always associate with this movie what's that britney spears oops i did it again <laughs> do you have an explanation for it or there's a little bit in yeah, the song that's is. like spoken dialogue and she goes but I thought the old lady dropped it yeah. in the ocean yes. again. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, baby, I went down and got it for yeah. you. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> it's dreadful. It's, dreadful. it's awful. Small tidbit. When James Cameron was writing the movie, he intended for the main character, Rose DeWitt Butiker and Jack Dawson, sorry, Bacater, and Jack Dawson to be entirely fictitious. It was only after the script was finished he discovered there had been a real Jay Dawson who died aboard the Titanic. He was a trimmer, Joseph Dawson, who had been born in September 1888 in Dublin, Ireland, and his body was salvaged and buried at Fairview Lawn Cemetery in Nova Scotia, along with many of our Titanic victims. Today, his gravestone is the most widely visited in this wow. cemetery. And now, I promised it, the greatest context story you will ever get. <laughs> Go for it. Some people say the final night. It's not the final night, but this is a real story as told by Bill Paxton on Larry King. Cool. Okay. One or more criminals mixed the dissociative hallucinogen PCP, also known as the angel dust, into the clam chowder served to the cast and the crew. 80 <laughs> people were taken ill and more than 50 taken to the hospital. Thankfully, 87-year-old Gloria Stewart was not one of them because she had eaten elsewhere. Also, Leo and Kate were not on set that day. Wow. Initially, shellfish poisoning was suspected, but James Cameron noticed that one crew member was demanding to see a priest. The director of photography was leading the conga line, and the assistant director... <laughs> was talking to Cameron over a walkie-talkie despite the fact she was looking straight at him and she even stabbed him in the cheek with a pen when he brought this up to her. He realized that Chowder had been spiked with hallucinogenic drugs. It, because there was no purging agent, he forced himself to vomit before the drugs took full effect, and his bloodshot eyes afterwards frightened other crew members into thinking it was another side effect of the drug. <laughs> Bill Paxton felt listless for two weeks after the incident. Um, the culprits were never caught, but some, con some disgruntled crew members who had been fired were suspected, but Cameron himself always believed it was an ex-crew member who had an argument with the caterer and subsequently poisoned the Chowder in an attempt to get the caterer fired as well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and Paxton says he almost never ate the food there. He almost always went out because he's Paxton. He's got money. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. to do. He'll go to, but he ate that one time because it was clam chowder. He was talking to Cameron, yeah. and then they all got they <laughs> they always they got roofied in a minute. Oh, that's funny. That is a crazy good story. I've so, got something to tell you. Actually, a story. Yeah. I was in Vegas. Um, I don't know seven or eight years ago, and they had uh, a Titanic exhibition. Okay. 
and there's a bit of the Titanic that's been raised off the floor bed, the biggest bit, and they had it hanging in this room, and it's huge. I mean, like, it is amazing to see. And they show you on the picture of the uh, how big the Titanic was and what this bit came from. Right. It said, please do not touch. So what do you do? I touched it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have touched Titanic. Put wow. your hands on it, I Liam. put my hand on it, you know. I touched the Titanic. <laughs> Was it steamy? You, you, you could hear it saying, put, put your hands on me, Liam. <laughs> I know I shouldn't, but, you know, it's there in front of you. What... Do you know what I mean? Indeed. What, what are you going to do? Apparently touch it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Let's talk a little bit about the money. Uh, there's a little bit of a, of a thing here. Cameron thought he could make Titanic for $80 million. No way. Uh, at $200 million eventually, it made more than the Titanic did itself. It eventually jumped up to like, I think, 275 or something like that. Uh, the cost to construct the ship in 1910 to 12 was approximately 1.5 million pounds, equivalent to $7.5 million at the time, and about 120 to $150 million in U.S. dollars. But it was number one at the U.S. box office for a record 15 consecutive weeks from December 97 to April 2nd, 1998. Due to the long theatrical run of the movie, Paramount had to send out replacement reels to theaters that had literally worn out their copies. Wow. wow. The film was released in VH, on VHS in the U.S. on 1st of September, 98, but it was still playing in several theaters at this time. That would be 447 theaters you could still see it in throughout North America when it came out on VHS. That's crazy. Uh, I remember it was an event. Titanic is coming on VHS on this date. It was the same because I just finished work um, in uh, McDonald's, finished at, mid- at midnight, and HMV, our local, uh, yeah, we have HMVs all around. Oh, yeah. HMV, yep. yeah, yeah. So it, it'd been it'd been a thing, and they were opening on midnight to do sell these Titanic videos. I happened to be walking by. I didn't know nothing about this. I happened to be walking by, saw three people standing outside HMV at midnight. I went, "What the hell are you doing?" They went, "The first five people get a free CD when you buy the thing." <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, I'm in." <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I was like the fourth person. <laughs> I was just walking back to my car. Peer pressure. <laughs> um, James Cameron, because it went so over budget, he forfeited his $8 million salary. Um, and the idea being was that he would only make money based on if it made Sales. profits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it did. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does a lot. Uh, and the studio heads at 20th Century Fox and Paramount Pictures acted like they'd been diagnosed with terminal cancer as the release date drew near. That's a quote from James Cameron. Even Cameron himself was at one point concerned the film would bomb and he would never work again. Uh, there had been a prediction that by analysts that it would lose over $100 million. So he could only hope to at least make a very good film. At one point, he ran into Fox CEO Rupert Murdoch and told him, I guess I'm not your favorite person in the world. Well, the movie's going to be good. Murdoch simply replied, it had better be a damn sight better than good. Um, the fact that it went for three hours uh, was concerning because it wouldn't generate as much money because obviously you can't show as many, you can't times. Show as many times in a day. So yeah. it's going to cut back on uh, things. Uh, they had the extended length, which means fewer showings. Um, and so James Cameron refused telling Fox, you want to cut my movie? You have to fire me. You want to fire me? You're going to have to fire me. And they don't want to start over because then you couldn't use this film if you yeah. fire him. Because yeah. uh, so they initially rejected his offer of forfeiting his share of the profits as an empty gesture. They felt the profits would be unlikely anyway one executive who suggested he also forfeit half a share of his next movie was angrily dismissed from cameron's house <laughs> at the end of the day well i'll talk to you in a second about what he, he made out of it at the end of the day 
So 200 million to 250, let's say, roughly for a budget. What do we think it makes? 780 million. 780 million. Ellie. 800. Georgia. 850. And Debbie. 650. You guys are all ridiculously low. It makes 1.8 billion. Whoa. And now it's gone over 2 billion, I believe, with a re-release. At the time, it was the highest ever. Wow. And would eventually be passed by Avatar. Seven percent. I think I win by proxy on that one. You do, but it's, 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 (laughs) you're a very far throw from it. Seven percent of American girls saw the film twice or more. Oh, yeah. Wow. So by March 2005, it sold just shy of a billion dollars in home sales as well. So what did Cameron get from this? Cameron makes, he gave up his $8 million salary. Yeah. So in order to have the vision he wanted, he makes $115 million. Wow. Because he wrote it and produced it. He, he never has to work again. <laughs> Ever. Well, that's the reason why he goes 12 years until his next film. He doesn't do anything else until Avatar's his next movie. Oh, what a dreadful wow. movie. I'll tell you what, that's what beat, that's what beats Titanic. Oh, I hate it. What a legacy. At some point, at some point, we're going to have to review that. You know that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Uh, Both Leo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet were overwhelmed and unaware of the significance of the box office records. DiCaprio said, a billion dollars. So that's, that's good, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good lad. It was also the first DVD to sell more than a million units and considered at the time only 5% of homes had a DVD player. Yes. Yeah. 97. I'd have one. No, I wouldn't have one till no. I'd have one till two thousand, maybe. Because I remember buying it at HME that midnight. It was at least two thousand. Yeah, yeah. There was a stack of videos. Yeah, more than there was DVD. We we, we had the big double double cassette. Yeah, yeah, with the film cell and all this that in it and cards. Uh, It ranks first in the in the Academy Awards for most nominated films with fourteen nominations, tying two other films. One you've heard of, one you haven't. The one you haven't, all about Eve. All about Eve, yeah. The one you have, La La Land. Yeah, love that movie. And only one of those didn't win Best Picture. <laughs> well, no, La La, oh, La La Land. La La Land, yeah, yeah, yeah. It won it for about five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, So it, it did win Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Song, Best Dramatic Score, and a bunch of technical and mise-en-scene awards. Didn't win for screenplay. Two members got acting nominations. You want to guess which two people got the acting nominations? Uh, Billy Zane. Okay. And? And Kathy Bates. Okay. Anybody else want to have a shot at it? Not well, I wanted to guess Kate Winslet, but I feel like Liam would have guessed that because he would have known. <laughs> Emma, no, done. done. I thought it was Kate and Leo. They didn't win, but I thought they got nominated. Kate is correct. Ooh. Gloria Stewart is the other half of that. Oh, really? It's the first time ever that two people have been nominated from the same movie for playing the same character. That's <laughs> brilliant. Because they both play Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Leo didn't get nominated, and there was a bit of a, a like, how does, because he did, I think, he, I don't know if he won the Golden Globe, but he definitely was nominated for Golden Globe for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this thing that he got snubbed. I don't know. What do we think? I don't think Leo's that great in this. No. He he's did. not a bad actor, but he's, he's, he's great. He's good. He's a great actor, but in this, he he's he didn't stretch anything. He's just doing. He's just doing. His, it's like Cameron said, we're not yeah. going to give you anything that's going to make you. No, exactly. Nor does he take something that's kind of all right and take it to a great place. No, he's just a serviceable actor at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, we all know that I don't think Leo's very good in anything. He's amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where Titanic fit when we did our roundtable. I can't remember. I think I actually still have the record on George, this. Let me take a look here. Just one second. Here. What's in Gilbert Grape? It's a bad movie. It's not a very great movie. Um, it's got Johnny Depp in it. 
do like Johnny Depp. But Leonardo DiCaprio outshines well, Johnny Depp. When we did this for our first round table, was this our first one? No, Ra- no Robin Williams was our first one. Yeah, Robin Leo Williams. was our third, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Titanic for the audience was the number five choice. And for us, it was the number three choice. Yeah, it was number yeah. three choice. Uh, I'll have in mind that I rated it very lowly, but Liam, you put it quite high as his fourth best. And George, you called it the second best. Yep. It might be because I've not seen very many Leo films. That's possible. Don't get me started on his acting in The Revenant because he just lays there and grunts. All right. (laughs) I've not seen that. Uh, With her nomination for Best Supporting Actress at age 87, Gloria Stewart became the oldest person. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That is the second time you've said it as well. That's the second time you've said it earlier about the Lamb Chowder story. (laughs) (laughs) Gloria Stewart became the oldest person ever to be nominated for an Oscar, and she would hold that record for 19 years until, and we've talked about this point on the podcast, podcast christopher Plummer passed oh yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so she still holds the record for the oldest woman nominated in this category um i was gonna say 85 damn you yeah well there you go oh. uh the best uh, said it earlier as well with the clam chowder story oh uh, yes i did this is the first best <laughs> picture academy award winner to be produced directed written and edited oh he edited this oh james cameron uh a labor of love definitely. it's the film it's the the film with the most oscar nominations not to win in any acting categories at all yeah and it's the first to be nominated in all seven technical categories so there we go Uh, it was also the first movie to win both the academy and the mtv movie award for best picture because you think about it the mtv movie award is like what's cool with kids yeah yeah. right and then the academy is like you know hoity-toity you know is this cinema yeah yeah, and it's the first one ever or the first one anyway to win both of those Uh, and just finally even though the film brought them both great fame leo and kate are now embarrassed by their performances kate calls her american accent awful i think she's being hard i thought it was very good yeah i thought and DiCaprio called himself a young punk in this film. I'm I'm more inclined to agree with him. Yeah, but I mean, he's he he. When you think of that film, you think of them too. Yep. You know, and the film was such a success, so you can't knock it. Ellie, is that your hand up, or are you just uh, massaging your scalp? No, I'm just. You've you've motivated Liam to hit his microphone as yeah, he rubs his face. I, I didn't mean to. Uh, I, I, I hope not. Yeah, I totally meant to hit the mic there. There's a mistake. <laughs> um, let's flick my microphone out of spite. <laughs> let's play a fun counting game here. Go on. How many times do you think Jack says Rose in this movie? Um, not as many as Rose says Jack. <laughs> okay, let's start with this one. I'm going to say 54. 54? Anybody else want to jump in? Ellie? 87. Okay, George is 87. 65. 65. And Debbie? Okay, 42. Uh, Liam, 42. I think you're the closest, or or Debbie is. It's 50. Oh, cool. How many times does Rose say Jack? Jack! 802. <laughs> Sorry, I got George saying 800. 17. 17. No, I said eight, 87. Oh, 87? Ellie, I didn't... 102. Okay. George, you actually got close to this. It's 80. Wow. 80 times. Hey. I will say this. So I saw, many times. I saw CinemaSins do this forever ago, and they did a mega cut at the end of all the time that Rose says Jack and Jack says Rose. It's obscene. It really is obscene. It's so funny. They clearly want you to plant in your head these two characters are important. Yeah, yeah. Um, whose story is it? Literally Rose's Rose. story. Yeah. <laughs> Literally Rose. She's telling the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How's the role of women in the film? I think it's all right. Uh, anybody else? Maybe the three women on the panel we could ask? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty strong. Obviously, you've got um, a very defiant young woman as your yeah. lead. So they're, de- they're definitely well represented. It's mm. just 
you know, some of them are a bit, well, the mum in particular is a bit of a bitch, isn't she? Yeah, but, she does. Molly Brown is great. Brilliant. Molly Brown's great. Kate's great. Kate, yeah. Yeah, She's Rose is a, young Rose, old Rose is even old really good. Rose, yeah, yeah. Mm. The idea that like she it. felt that even the story of her life was something that she's like, I, I, I don't know. If I, if I was the, the the deceased ex-husband, I don't know how I'd, well, not ex-husband, the deceased husband. You might be like, oh, kind of. Where's he's waiting at his own like he's waiting. Yeah, by, yeah. He's waiting by the beach with like the horses going. Is she coming? What do you mean? Yeah. There's, an, I mean there's another guy. <laughs> I've been sitting here for thirty-two years waiting for her. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't know. I also think the other women, not the lead characters, so the mum with the two children, yeah. and the other mothers that are around are just amazing because, especially as the boat's going down. Yeah. Yeah, if I keep talking, I will start crying. But okay. you know what? Yeah, you know I, do, what I do know. They keep their calm really well. They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm 100 percent agree with everybody. Yeah. I, I think they're just fantastic, and um, well done, Mr. Cameron, on that. It's yeah, yeah we, we got Rose is a much more independent character than even Jack is. I think. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about people's favorite character. Favorite character, Liam. My favorite character is Rose. Rose. Uh, you have to tell me which Young which Rose. which iteration. Young Rose. Yeah, okay. Because naked Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I was trying to give you more to redeem yourself to go no <laughs> no Rose um, I've always liked Kate Winslet as an actress anyway. yeah me too me too um, I've, I feel like she's one of these actresses who's always been under the radar she's never shone shone um, which is ironic considering this film was huge um, but she don't get enough credit I don't what feel. did she win her Oscar for she won one did she did she I'm sure she did I don't know if I've seen anything else with her in it to be fair Oh, you've seen The Holiday, have you not? Oh, yeah, that's a crap film. Face- I well, I, I agree with you, but still. <laughs> Kate Winslet's the better part of the film. She, is. Um, she won it for The Reader. The Reader, yes, yeah. The Reader. Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> like Hugh Jackman hosted the Oscars that year, and he did like his musical montage, as he tends to do, yeah. and he did a whole bit about the uh, the Batmobile, because it was the year that Dark Knight went on, yeah, yeah. and then it was The Reader, opposite on the screen, The Reader, and he just goes to the camera and goes, The Reader, I didn't get a chance to see The Reader, because <laughs> I was seeing The Dark Knight for the third time. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she's a serious actress, isn't she? She is. Yeah. yeah. She's got some new one where she's uh, part of a cross-generation sort of lesbian love story which is very highly tipped for oscars as per usual i don't think she's oh, okay. i don't think she got nominated but she's always when you see her name up there you're like yeah she just makes she makes actors movies doesn't she yeah yeah like revolutionary road and things which i didn't see but things I, like, I didn't like that i saw either. quills oh I, didn't see that. I saw quills it's joaquin phoenix jeffrey rush and her cool what a cast i'll tell you what it's disturbing is it yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about the marquis de sade who's like this guy who like writes filth and then yeah, he's just yeah. It's 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 intense. It's oh, okay. it, it's not. You'd probably like it, but there's people on the panel who definitely wouldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only reference I know the Marquis de Sade from is from the song in Little Shop of Horrors about the dentist. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's, he's really filthy. It's really his story, but we have two extra characters to help yeah. tell it. Yeah. Um. So you said you said Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet yeah. <laughs> Ellie. Um, yeah, same as Liam. Um, Young Rose is my favorite character. She's, I'll say she's better than Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love her. Yeah, if you had to give one of them an acting nomination, I'm totally cool with giving it to Rose. Yeah. But she's yeah. my favorite character. Oh, favorite character. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Uh, um, anything else yeah, you want to add to that? I just, I just like the way that she kind of goes after what she wants and, um, you know, stands up for love, I guess. Okay. Stands Quite up cliche, for love. It's very nice. Yeah. Georgia? I like Mr. Andrews. He's my favorite. 
He had a recurring role on, on what was that show with Jennifer Garner? Oh yes, right Alias. around two thousand. Alias. Alias, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Cooper as well. Shut up, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, he's also in Flash. Oh, okay. Is he in Flash? Yes, he's in Flash. Okay. Yeah. Debbie. My favorite character is Titanic. Oh, the boat itself. The boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going for that one. But well if, if you want actor, it's Mr. Andrews. I'm the small little part, but he's very, very faithful. Uh, I'm going to go with for best character or best performer. I guess I'll go. Uh, Billy Zane. Billy Zane's great. Billy Zane's great in this. He yeah. really is. He's a cartoon, but yeah. he makes it more of an, than his, it is on paper. He yeah. totally does. Yeah. I think he's fantastic in this. He is. And I, I, think, I don't think I gave him enough credit when I watched previously. Because you care about Jack and, uh, Jack and Leo. Yeah, Jack and Kate. You do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, Jack and Rose, even. Yeah, I mean, the actor. <laughs> the actress and the, and, the, and the character, yeah. But the weird thing is, what, like I said before, when you're doing a movie podcast, you look at things in a different way. Yeah. You know, so you start appreciating other things rather than just yeah. watching it as a movie. You watch it with a perspective. Yeah. I want to honorable mention Bill Paxton. I think he's pretty good in this. He's funny. I think but he's good in I, it. I think he's, I think he's genuinely after the money side of things, though. What do you mean? With the, he's after the heart of the ocean. He's not interested. Well, in we haven't else. talked about the end. There's a small scene mm. where he speaks to Rose's granddaughter and he says, I, I finally get it. And that, uh, that, that was a nice moment for him because yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. of course, he is. He's about yeah, the fame yeah. and about the the diamond. Yeah. He's for three years. Yeah. It's not about love of Titanic until he has the story. Yeah. So I liked this little mini arc as yeah. far as it went. Favorite element, Liam. Favorite uh, moment, maybe. Um, other than the artist bit, my favorite moment was running through the boiler room. Boiler room. The, I, the I, spa. I, it's <laughs> it's so wrong. Uh, because that would never happen. Yeah. Um, but I like how it slows down and she's all in, like, it looks like white as she's running through the redness of everything and everyone's all covered in coal. And it's just so fun loving. I love that scene that leads into the next. Yep. Uh, Ellie? My favourite scene is where the musicians decide to carry on playing. That's that nice. really, I found that really, really moving. Okay. Georgia? I like the costuming in this film because I think we're doing element as well. Is that yeah, yeah, element or, or, or scene. You can have one with it. I really like the costuming. I think it's very good. I don't know if it's actually era appropriate or not, but I like it a lot. I'm going to say here, part of this is the fact that it's an epic. We don't do epics anymore. Not proper epics where we build things. We do CGI epics. But this is an epic where we actually built it and had as many pieces of China as there were in the real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like just that detail and the commitment to trying to make it as close to authentic as he could. Mm-hmm. And then using that as the as the setting, the platform through which to tell his love story, but basing it on this giant epic event. Love that. Epic structure, epic film. I don't think we've had anything since. Mm, not like this. Not where you build no. it. Yes, yes, true. Yeah, not where you build true. it. The ultimate disaster movie, Titanic. It is. So, what about you, Debbie? Debbie. Oh, I, cut, I jumped over Debbie. I was going to go back to her. I always knew yeah. I was. But yeah, Debbie. <laughs> um, Save the best for gonna- last. Yes. Uh, I go with my heart. I'm, it's music. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the whole music and the, the sound in general is is very, very good and very, very clever. Having played the music and actually whacked an anvil um, to make them as sounds, <laughs> it's like when you get the score, it's like, what percussion do I need? Uh, timpani, and an anvil. We got an anvil? But <laughs> playing those pieces is like hard to starboard, which is the one when they hit the iceberg. Um, my husband actually walked in, Richard friend of the podcast um yeah. walked in and he came in and he went calm down <laughs> 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 I'm, just, 
oh, it's just so intense and it just builds you up. But that, that moment when they're, they're, they're having to turn the ship and reverse the engines and all that, and the music doesn't overpower that. No. It, it works in with the sound and everything. So, yeah, that. The music um, evoked a lot of emotion for me. So the the music sometimes um, carried a, a scene for me um, mm. and made me feel more. Without that music, I probably wouldn't have felt as much as I felt. Yeah, and um, the lovely between the, the Irish lilt um, sort of jig music yeah. um, with bodrons and everything and, and, then, and then the big orchestral stuff. So the mix of those. I love orchestral anyway. Um, it's got I, I such do. a deep and sound. I've even actually got a um, St. Patrick's Day Bodrum in my um, loft that I've taught myself to play a little bit. That's the big drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Play with your finger and your thumb. Yeah. Um, so I love that that section. I learned to play that jig on the violin as well. Cool. That was cool. Well, now it's time to get a little bit less positive. Uh, let's go to the negative side of it. Grumble. Liam, you have a grumble on this? Yes, I do. Okay. I know it's early day CGI. Okay. But going from Terminator 2... Which was 1991. Yep. Right? Amazing. The Abyss, amazing. Titanic, hmm. All right. Some bits were better than others. Yeah. I mean, early on in the movie, there's bits where they're walking around deck. It just looked like some cartoon. Okay. Yeah, it's awful. It, it is awful. I don't look around enough. I'm always watching the actors. <laughs> oh, and there's, and there's another bit where um, the captain is on his deck. You can clearly see the deck ends where they're standing. Okay. And the rest of it is CGI'd. All right. The yeah. bit where she's threatening to jump as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, which reminds me, Debbie, I said that something was the worst looking shot on the film. Is this part of your grumble or is this something you independent? No, there, there probably is a couple. They, they tend to be when Kate's in the dark. Okay. So when she's jumping out, when she's trying, the first one she, she's going to jump off, that's quite bad. Because I think dark lighting, it's really hard to get the CGI right. And there's another one where she's sat in, um, they're having afternoon tea or something. And it's so obviously that the background is whole CGI. For whatever reason, they didn't build that room, I think. Okay. And it's just so nice. It makes her face look different. Yeah. as well doesn't it yeah. like she's not kate winslet and it just takes uh, there's a couple of shots they start on a big chandelier not the little um, ones with all the glass beads there's a big one and they do that a couple of times and it, it, it's just like oh why did you do it <laughs> yeah it just takes the it, it takes your eye away from it. It, it cuts you back out of the emotion of the film uh ellie uh your rumble <laughs> Um, so Liam took my honorary mention grumble, so I'm going to go with my big one. Um, I think this film was far too long, and I touched on this at the start. I think the um, the scene, all of all of the modern day stuff, I think could have been cut from the film, and it would still be an excellent wow. film. And I think I appreciate the modern day stuff. It's very it's very interesting to see the shipwreck of the Titanic, but he needed to decide whether he was making a documentary or a drama film. All right. I like that bit. I I think it's I, I I would argue it's necessary to ground it, but that's okay. Yeah, it's not my grumble. Uh, Georgia, what about your grumble? Uh, my grumble is exactly the same as Ellie's. Wow! <laughs> I want one or the other. Don't give me both. Okay, Debbie's nodding, so I wonder if we're gonna have three of a kind here. Debbie. Oh, have any of you seen A Night to Remember? No, um, he was many, heavily he was heavily influenced by it many 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 years ago. Yeah, I've seen it, and it's. It has no main characters. It has no main story. It just sticks to the true fact that they have. Um, And it is a good movie, but it kind of, it lacks something. Okay. It's an older movie. I mean, amazing what they did with models and everything, the the sinking of the ship. 
But um, yeah, it just kind of lacks something. I do like that they ground it and it is someone who was there and that sort of thing because there there are there aren't any left now, but there were people still alive who who had been on there. So I I yeah, I like that part. Yeah. Um so what was your grumble then? It was the CGI. Oh CGI, okay. The bits, the bits that were napped, some of it was absolutely phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. And and blew me away. Literally. Yeah. That smokestack was terrible. The sea and the dolphins and that looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, for mine, I'm going to say that my main issue with this was uh, the side characters who disappeared for like an hour yeah, and a half. That was weird. Like yeah. t- Tommy and Fabrizio. Maybe not Tommy so much, but Fabrizio, you felt they were, they, they, they were actually mates and buddies. And yeah. I could have used more about his story, but I wanted to go to America. I, you know, I, you know it was, he was just like this, this, you know, kind of one note, I go to America, I get a better, better life for myself with this, you know, highly sort of typical acts you know you know yeah, the, the yeah, delivery yeah, it was yeah. almost like someone was was doing an impression of an italian accent. he might it might be an authentic accent it might be but I, I wanted more than just he's leo's guy who he espouses some stuff to and then as soon as kate shows up he's gone yeah. and if he's gone let him be gone but they brought him back and i'm supposed to care because yeah, and because don't. Of, i don't no, you i don't. don't because you told me i don't have to care about him yeah. so that's that's my issue with yeah, it but yeah. yeah um is this anybody's best role ever we we can say for the most part none of us think it's Leo's because we've done that. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna argue it's Kate's. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I need argue to that. rewatch the reader before. Okay, um, I'd argue that, that opinion. I think. Well, yeah, I'm gonna say it's yeah. Kate's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Billy Zane's. Yeah, sure. Mm. I haven't seen him enough stuff, but Billy Zane. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think why he's been in. Kathy Bates has been in better things. Oh, she's good yeah. in this, but she's Misery but she's been better things. Like that, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, big names. Um, so, um, just let's do this. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? As always, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> as always, Georgia, you win. As always, so, thank uh, you to Moonlight Social for letting us have yeah, your little ditty you. there. Uh, Ellie, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Georgia and me were thinking on the same level. <laughs> we're going to start with Rose, but we're going to skip old lady Rose because that okay. might have been a little bit mentioned. So young Rose, Liam. Young Rose, I'm going to say 30. Georgia. 24. And Debbie. 26. I believe I'm going to squalify myself, but I think it's something like 21, 22. Really? 22. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Leo DiCaprio, Jack. 24. Debbie? Uh, 24. Okay. And the answer is? 23. Oh, oh so Liam and Debbie, you all get that with 24s. Yeah. Next Billy up. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Oh, I don't know this one. I can play this one. 36. 33. 32. 35. 31. Ooh. I win. Oh, I was close. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Bates, the unsinkable oh. Molly Brown. 52. 43. 42. 48. 49. Hey, oh. get in. <laughs> uh, Mr. Andrews. Oh, I like so him. Victor Garner, who, by the way, also played the professor in Legally Blonde. Oh, he does. That's yes, where I know him does. from. Um, 37. 42. 43. 47. 48. Hey, wow. get in. Titanic is my sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Period dramas from now on in. <laughs> uh, 
And Bill Paxton, who's the, the guy on the boat in the modern day. Oh, 42. Ca- Captain Bill, whatever his name was. What was it like? <laughs> some t- Brock something or other. Love, love, it. love, Brock, it. Brock, love it. Love it. Brock love it. Pirate. <laughs> what did you say? How old was he? 42. 42? 36. <sighs> 43. 40. 42. Well done, Liam. Yeah. Oh, there we are. And that's all of the age game, but I do have a, le- a little extra fact for you. Do you know who Rose's granddaughter is? No, but she's very attractive. Oh, no. Who is she? She's now married to James Cameron. Ah. Oh, he did say that he fell in love with a woman on the set of the film, but he was still married technically to Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. He didn't ask Janet her out, too. he says, yeah. <laughs> until <laughs> until it had been a wrap. Do you know what? She didn't get much in the movie, though, did she? She got she had a couple moments. Yeah, but yeah. she didn't. Yeah. She was. So right. she, they did meet on set, though, so it's not like it was nepotism. That no, no, no. He, he met her on set and fell in love with her on set. Yeah. So there we go. Um, everyone else fell out of love with him on set. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's not that bad. You're in three scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she here every day? <laughs> um, so, uh, Georgia, critics, 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 critics. Critics, critics, critics. So, uh, obviously, it, it does quite well. Um, people seem to like it. Um, we get- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm quite tired. Uh, Jeff Brown from Times UK uh, says, For all the sluggish script and the enormous weight of the special effects, this movie behemoth still has the power to shake us rigid and touch the soul. I was like, yeah, that's, that's quite good. quite like that. Um, and we get uh, Nigel Andrews from the fi- Financial Times. Uh, says the ending is a masterpiece of popcorn tragedy not deep not sophisticated barely even credible but gut clenching for those of us who have already lost the sensible use of our stomachs as we would in any worthwhile fairground ride (laughs) (laughs) we don't seem to like it too much but then they've given it really high scores so there we go and then then our man roger ebert says james James cameron's 194 minute 200 million film uh dollar film the tragic voyage is the tradition of great Hollywood epics. It is flawlessly crafted, intelligently constructed, strongly acted, and spellbinding. If its story stays well within the traditional formulas for such pictures, well, you don't choose the most expensive film ever made as your opportunity to reinvent the wheel. So he likes it, but he's admitting that it's not particularly original in any any way, sense, or form. But like the bit where he said it was like, you know, it's a big epic. Yeah. It was, you know, intelligent. I'm like, again, me and Ebes. He gives it. He gives it four stars. Yeah, so he, he did like it. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about some of ours, and let's start off with a new a new contributor, the Drinking and Dishing podcast. Uh, saw this movie two times in theaters and many since. It's one of those movies that I'll put on any time I see it on, but I always cry towards the end when they show the older couple and family laying in beds waiting yeah. for the ship to sink. Definitely one of my faves. Debbie, have you started a new podcast, and is it called the Drinking and Dishing <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Um, I'm saying nothing. Uh, film floggers who just say uh, lies where Rose says, I'll never let go, I promise. And then also <laughs> reminds us, never get on a boat with Billy Zane. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this podcast. Says, most importantly, though, there is definitely room for Jack. <laughs> Not inclined to disagree. Uh, it goes down in the PM, says, is Juline. I still think they both could have fit on that piece of wood. I don't know about you guys, but there's an insanely creepy quality to the fact that the band was playing music and the ship was going down. Oh, I think we're disagreeing with you on that one. Yeah, Julian. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, Alex from Main Street Finance says Mythbusters actually dedicated an entire episode to this. The result was that, yes, they both could have fit on the door, but the door wasn't buoyant enough to fit them both and still float. Uh, they actually brought someone from the movie out there with them, and the response was funny. 
thank you for that, uh, Alex. I've also tweeted out or scheduled to tweet out uh, Kate Winslet on the Stephen Colbert show via YouTube clip. Cool. So you can see them both hop on the piece of uh, wood. Uh, Alex continues to say, I love Titanic. My favorite scenes when the band accepts their fate and decides to keep playing. A very powerful yeah. scene. Uh, just make sure y'all talk about the theory where this and the great Gatsby are in the same universe. Apparently there's a theory where they're in the same universe. I said to you there was a bit of a Gatsby moment, wasn't there? Yeah, there's a bit where he shows up in the thing. Yeah. I don't really care about the whole Gatsby no. universe thing. Nah. Uh, sorry about that, Alex. I know you were hoping for it. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Uh, so... Um, I'm just looking. Oh, uh, Julian says uh, on top of that, uh, she remembers the scene where the priest says, I walk to the valley of a shadow of death. And Jack says, could you walk to the valley a little faster? Yeah. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, hey, hey buddy, Ethan. Uh, says with a runtime that long, I'm still amazed. I find as much intrigue and investment in the film. It's basically two movies smooshed together in the strangest double bill, but it, somehow it just works. Music is stellar and the chemistry of Winslet and DiCaprio. Sorry, DiCaprio's son. Very funny. His fan. <laughs> fantastic too uh ray from not before coffee says i saw this movie twice in the cinema once on my birthday at the time i loved it but since i have grown to dislike it oh fantastic Ooh. cast especially characters like molly brown by the incredible kathy bates mm-hmm. and francis fisher uh costumes too were stunning but the story reminds me too much of my least favorite shakespeare ever romeo and juliet <laughs> well yeah we, 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 we <laughs> you we probably picked on onto something there yeah. uh, so she spent the entire life loving a man she clicked with on a boat i know tragedy does weird things things but what about the family that she had i'm guessing none were jacks no i'm guessing she didn't she wasn't she wasn't touching her stomach as they got into the harbor if that was the case we'd know that she was pregnant yeah uh griff in the paul and griff show says everything about this film screams blockbuster one of the few films with this kind of runtime you don't get bored watching. True. We're propelled, <laughs> propelled nice. further, DiCaprio and Winslet's careers. Poor old Billy Zane would find himself in constant B-movies from here on in. Yeah, I don't really heard much yeah. from Billy, outside of a bit spot in Zoolander. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Carlo says, uh, I'm a fan. I saw it twice in theaters. I've always been a huge Titanic buff, so I appreciated Cameron's attention to detail. The whole set design, production, and all the recreation of a sinking is impressive and breathtaking. The love story is from cringy elements, but I think its simplistic approach, Jack equals good, Cal equals evil, works mostly because we root for Jack as the underdog against these rich assholes. Mm-hmm. For example, the whole dinner scene is great, and it really, really is we've also got this from the film effect podcast you said ah yes the movie that drove all my fellow female classmates to theaters roughly six to seven times each to see it oh. you couldn't escape this movie from december 97 to march 98 hey i'll tell you if you were in my house it was longer than that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i went in like i told you i went february the 14th yeah yeah like it came, it came into mine on a on a, on a vhs and that was just the start of wave two <laughs> so for, you know, it was like multiple waves of COVID. It was like multiple waves of Titanic in my oh, house. And the fact that you still love this movie. Well, love it now. Well, we haven't, we haven't given our grades yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then from uh, Chance Whitmore, Chance Whitmore, who says, I have honestly never seen it. What? And I know the history and I have no interest at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he's looking and going, it's not Titanic. It's, it's, it's Jack and Kate. Well, maybe maybe he'll listen to our podcast. Jack and Rose. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> listen to our podcast and maybe you'll watch it then. Maybe maybe he'll go, yeah, it's now worth my three hours and 15. I, I would, I would argue, a chance? I would argue, give it a chance. Yeah, please give it a chance. Yeah, there we go. Take a chance on Titanic. <laughs> so, uh, all that's left now, we've heard from them, is let's hear from us. What are people giving this film? Let's start with Liam. I'm going to give... I, I tussled with this because I do love this movie. Um, 
But again, looking at it from a, a perspective that we we do, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it uh, a nine icebergs ahead points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> nine, that's nine iceberg ahead points. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of some something. I, I don't know. Okay, decent nine Kate Winslet paintings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nine sunken Picasso masters out of ten. Yeah. All right, Ellie. Um, I really, really liked the last hour or so of this film, um, but didn't find the first half of it as good. But I just thought overall it was really effective and heart wrenching. Um, so I'm giving it eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. All right. And I didn't come up with a catchy icebergy thing. So That's, who could top Li- who could top Liam's? You know what I mean? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Well, in my head, I went nine iceberg lettuces, and I was like, "What?" Mm, that's not yeah. No, <laughs> let us leave that alone. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, uh, I'm going to give it seven and a half. Uh, I can't think of a thing. Wow, you guys are brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Debbie. I've been trying to think of a catchy thing, and I really, I really can't. I'm stuck. So I'm giving it nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Debbie gave it nine. Liam gave it nine. I am going to join you on that journey. There. Oh. I'm giving it line. Sorry, line. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving it nine miraculous axe shots out of ten. Wow. Yeah. This is high. This is. It won like yeah like eleven of- Academy Awards, yeah. including including Best Picture. It's yeah. a it's a very good film. It is. Yeah, gonna- we only think it's Leo's fifth best film. Uh, no, the, the audience thought it was the fifth. We thought it was the oh, third. Oh, we thought third. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Although we ranked things higher. Just because it's, it doesn't mean, we were rating Leo's performances, not necessarily yeah, Leo's Yeah, I know. Films. I mean, I certainly wouldn't give What's Eating Gilbert great for higher rating than this. It's no, not, not a great no, film. Not, not, never would <laughs> just I. just very so, good performance. Uh, let me take a look at this. If I punch these in here, I gave it a nine. Uh, Liam gave it a nine. Ellie gave it an eight. Georgia gave it a seven and a half. And Debbie gave it a nine. Put it through the wash. Oh, whoops. Put it through the wash. Ike, I've made a mistake here. Let's fix that. There's, There's a, a mistake. mistake. <laughs> I think I made. <laughs> so that comes out in the wash is an eight and a half overall, which puts it right up. I think this puts it into our top 10 is what I think it does, mm. uh, especially with five people on the vote. That's going to put it around. Oh, uh, seventh place currently in the standings. Seventh place. Nice. So wins all tiebreakers because we have five people. So the more votes, the the, the, the higher the, the tiebreak ranking. Because it's harder to keep that number up amongst more people. Mm-hmm. So um, our number seven film, and I think I give it a nine. So I think it's totally justified oh, in that yeah, in that spacing. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, if it was my rankings, it's probably around that same spot of other movies we've done. I probably yeah. would rank it seventh or somewhere around there. Um, and I, I'm usually an actor above, usually acting above most things. This is one of the few times where things like production and set design really kind of jumped to the fore for me and gave us a platform by which I appreciated the story being told. It's not a great script. I've said no, that. No, no, and nor no. was it nominated for being a script. But so. again, going back to seeing the actual original boat underwater, you know, yeah. is amazing. Absolutely. You know, credit where credit's due. So, uh, before we do anything else, let's give a big shout out and a thank you to Debbie for joining us for this marathon of a film. Thank you very much, Debbie. Always a pleasure having you on. So, we'll do it again. 
Thank you. Uh, let's promote the other stuff that's coming up on the pod this week. We've got Falcon and the Weekly Soldier, where episode four dropped yesterday. Episode five will drop next Monday. Mm. Join us as we make our way towards the finish of, I don't know if it's season one or the whole thing. We don't really know on that one yet. Who knows? Uh, on Friday, Ellie, you and I have a cleared for takeoff on Killing Eve dropping on the pod. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in the host chair on that one. Ooh. So, yeah. We'll take a look at that one and see how, how that goes. I've actually edited it, so it's ready to go. So that's good. Cool. Um, on Talking the Mickey, we're talking Melody Time this week. Melody Time drops on the Thursday. The little toot instead of Titanic. Yes, the little toot that could have saved Titanic <laughs> if he was around. So we have that. So uh, we're just interfering a little bit with this because I accidentally asked Georgia for a pick, and that's next week. So I've edited that out, and you guys will hear that footage next week and some very disparate reactions, I think, to Georgia's pick. So there's, like the ultimate, there's the ultimate tease. So Ellie's got her podcast equipment away, which no harm, no foul. But if she sounds like she's in a, a cave all of a sudden, that, that's what's occurred. Yes, We've literally just... No, we've literally just hung up, hung up, and, and Debbie's left the call and all that stuff. And I'm going, oh, shoot, I've made a mistake. Yeah. So... There's a mistake... So, next week is the uh, the Tuesday of Oscar week that this will come out. So, um, what has to happen then is quite simply the following. I wanted to do one more Oscar um, best winner before picture, we... Picture winner. Best picture winner yep. before we broke up. So, we cool. next week are going to tackle, and I'm very curious what the reactions to this. Oh, I can't wait. We're going to tackle the 2020 winner, Parasite. Interesting. Parasite's the South Korean one, the first foreign language film to ever win Best Picture. They say it's dark and funny. So I have been promising a colleague I would see this for years. (laughs) A year, a year. I like dark and funny. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm curious about it. Uh, And it's available. I thought you might pick this one. It's available on Amazon Prime, so Uh, that's good. Oh, good. Yep. Yep. So it's really accessible. So if you're out there and you haven't seen Parasite yet, why not watch Parasite this week if you have access to Prime? Or if not, rent it through any of the means you can go ahead and get it. And be prepared to discuss with I I have I know almost nothing about Parasite. I, well, this is the first time I've ever. Heard. I believe it won Best Director. I believe it definitely won Best Picture. So, uh, de- and what's going to happen is for everybody involved in this thing, you are allowed to modify your Best Picture list after you see it. Oh, and give it to me. Cool. So, give me your list beforehand, still. Yeah, your yeah, top yeah. ten. Yeah, and then if you say, okay, I want to put Parasite in at four, I'll just move everything else down one. Oh, okay. And kick it off, and it's an easy fix for me. Yep, so yep. if I can have your list ahead of time so I can have most of it done, okay. that would be good. Because later that night, we're also recording, of course, our real roundtable best picture winner discussion. We are, yep. So that'll be good. So that's all I wanted to talk about. So Parasite next week I'm and then intrigued. and then for the people listening at home you'll find out what george's pick was <laughs> which had very differing reactions to it around the table it did um sometime in the next well you hear at the end of next week's episode so yeah that's about it so i'll return you to your regularly scheduled podcast so please join us for any of the stuff we have coming ahead oh i forgot to say uh, yesterday um when the podcast comes out i'm on doc doc podcast that's that drops yesterday it's exciting cool all right so um <laughs> i'll just put that in there i guess yeah that's fine for best film ever i've been Ian. i've been liam i've been ellie i've been georgia i've been debbie and if we've learned anything this week it's that you want to stay away from catering and the clam chowder when you're dining out with james cameron <laughs> 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 we'll see you next time
this is on the Tuesday. We record on the Sunday. We release on the Tuesday, yeah. and the Monday will be the ninety. No, sorry, the hundred and twenty-first anniversary of the sinking of hundred nineteenth. What? Okay, let's do some math here. Hundred ninth. Um, I need something from Tehanic. What do I do here? Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. Oh, jeez, really? Never let go. Uh, um. Hmm. Feel free to take the piss out of my picks. Unsinkable like, even podcast. This. <laughs> they call yourself unsinkable. That's right. That's right when someone will sink us. Yeah. Uh, hmm. we, can, we can turn it harder, starboard, or no, we're flying. <laughs> <laughs> You're the king, king of, of the world. world. <laughs> no, I come across to like James Cameron. Might. <laughs> uh. Do what the, the musicians say. Well, they never listen to us at dinner anyway. <laughs> <sighs> I do like that. <laughs> really? Oh. Uh, yeah. um, Sing the can-can. <laughs> uh, I think I got something. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to use it. Okay, I got one, I guess. Okay, let's see this. Hey, it's not that great. It's not great. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm opening the beer. No, ah! <laughs> <laughs> we did not shake that. We, we did not shake that. It just erupted all over. We didn't it shake it at all. As well, we so did not shake that. <laughs> And I've been sitting there. I've been sitting there for two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, jeez! It's still foaming. It still is. Look on your face. This is not how this was supposed to go. <laughs> I think this might be worse than last week when you shook it. I know it's it's genuine shock. I'm concerned about the electrics. No, I stayed away from the electrics. Oh. We're okay. Jeez, oh. Oh. Louise, <laughs> that is ridiculous. At least, at least you've read the notes now. Yeah, I've read the notes. <laughs> Left it to the end. Either way, I was going to put it as the coda. Whether it worked, I went ah or this. But th- oh my word, it's exploding with flavor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sunken in beer. Jeez, oh. king of the world, I am not. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a steerage class party, is what this is. <laughs> I it's can't still- get your face out of my head. <laughs> and you didn't say the flippity flip flop. You know you're going to get a problem with that. Jeez, you held it right. Like oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> So I get as close to the mic as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. make good sound. Right. Absolutely <laughs> Just disappointed. <laughs> on that note, we'll catch you on the yeah. flop. <laughs> Stop, you guys send me some messages about how you're opening these because I couldn't be more careful with this one. Uh, I, say that I think I think you found some stuff that was sticker worthy. It's sticking to my floor is what it's doing. Chase, Chase Louise. Oh, how, oh. how not to bottle a podcast? <laughs> Crying out loud! <laughs> Look at your. Face. There should be an instruction manual with this. You know what I'm saying? 
We should have videoed that. Oh we? my word! I'm <laughs> just. Did as well. I almost. Oh, we did. should have started recording you, the Skype call. We should have. No, right. You were so relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was. I had so much faith that because we didn't shake it, this was not going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All over you. Next year, <laughs> next next week, it's flat beverages of some sort. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, that's Lent getting its own back. You've not had fizzy drinks, so we're making up for yeah, all the yeah. food that you haven't yeah. had. It's 40 days of extra days. fizz. Oh. All right. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. <laughs>